Blog Talk Radio. You know what I think you should do? I think you should join us for Dynamic Word Bible Studies, where I am always hosting. My name is Felicia DeRozier, and I have two amazing co-hosts. Cross, the favorite. You wish. This is Mariah, the real favorite child. Oh, sure. <laughs> hmm We spend a lot of time learning about the Bible and possibly a little time learning about humility. That would be awesome, right? Yeah, Cross. Yeah, Mariah. <laughs> we air live every Wednesday from 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time to 1030. Uh, right now we're going through the Book of Romans, but we're going to start moving into the Gospel of John. We're going to learn about Jesus. We're going to learn about living and walking in the Spirit and learning to be a little humble with those that we live with. It's going to be a great time. I can't wait for you to join us. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Global government, the mystery school, Agenda 23rd, chemtrails and geoengineering, manufactured disasters. We live in a time when awareness about current events and big media deception is critical to be prepared for the events that are rapidly descending upon us. This is Russ from Delivering the Truth and Exposing the Lies. Join Diana and me every Thursday night at 7.30 p.m. as we expose the truth big media keeps lying about. Herbal medicine, the globalist real agenda, seen through the propaganda. Thursday nights at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you there. Looking for something different? Looking for something fun? Join Dan every Monday on the Freedomizer Network, 9 to 10.30 Pacific, noon to 1.30 Eastern, for Common Sense with the educated redneck, Dan Ellison. The show about everything and nothing at all. Do you love the outdoors? Do you want to help make a difference for the planet? then get involved in Collectively Rewilding. Collectively Rewilding is a movement to restore degraded ecosystems and reinvigorate sustainable traditions almost lost by working together. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever and whenever you're tuning in from, my fellow Liberty lovers. This is Amber S. from Living with Freedom Ministries, reminding you to tune in on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific time, for the Living with Freedom show, where we'll embrace what living with freedom can look like physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in everyday life. That's 2 p.m. Central, noon Pacific, here on Freedomizer Radio. Have you looked at the price of Bitcoin lately? Cryptocurrencies are the hottest financial investment right now. Well, what if you can get free Bitcoin fractions by having an app on your phone or PC? Introducing Lolly, a website that rewards you with free Bitcoin pieces with your online purchases. You purchase from one of thousands of companies like Chewy, Old Navy, Groupon, and others. You get a percent of your purchase back in Bitcoin. Use my link on freedomizerradio.live or find me on Facebook for your special link to get started. Lolly, earn free Bitcoin while you shop. Hello to all you nincompoops and something luckers out there. I am the Wiretap. I am here to represent Eisnecker Suicide Pods. Let's cut to the chase. The globalists have decided it is time to kill off all you 99% who breathe our air and use all of our food resources. 
You have not died fast enough by eating GMO foods or by killing each other from race riots we have started. We have tried to remove all the pieces of excrement by cooking up COVID in the Wuhan laboratory. But you are not dying fast enough. So we now have Lysnicker suicide pods. You can now rush out and die in our suicide pods. Schedule your appointment today. You can choose between a blue-brown, grey or pink casket. Remember you need to wear at least five masks minimum and you will take a COVID test before and after you get in the pod. You must also make sure your rashes remain a safe six feet social distance when you are about to exit. If you like your experience, put it on Melbourne Complete we will give you 15% off your next session. We hope to see all you useless eaters get in these pods right away before we put everyone in FEMAR camps. That did you not exist. Schedule your appointment today for your Lysnicker suicide pod. Thank you. Hello everyone. I am Broccoli Man. At night I fight for organic GMO free food. During the day I fight crime against child trafficking. Please watch my story on rumble.com. Just look up Broccoli Man and you can see my regular run-ins and follies with G-Lobalist, The Wiretap, The Millennials, and everyone else I run into. I fight communists and very pro-free speech. Just check me out. Broccoli Man. On Rumble.com. Hello Freedomizers. I am Broccoli Man. When I am not fighting crime, I listen to the Proof Negative radio show. I am the Wire Ripper. Not only do I forbid you to listen to Freedomizer radio and the Proof Negative radio show, I am going to demand you wear a mask and get your naked body scan. We need to protect the One World Government. You getting the real information hurts a crime syndicate. Do not listen to Proof Negative. You must now disrobe this instant so I can check your person for a constitutional cash money. Anyway, listen to Proof Negative on Freedomizer Radio. Weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern. 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Freedomizerradio.com Now, let's get back to the Proof Negative show here on Freedomizerradio.com. Welcome to the Proof Negative Radio Show, right here on FreedomizerRadio.com. Now sit back and enjoy the show.
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another great night here on Freedomizer Radio. Of course, I'm your host, Proof Negative, the big kahuna here on Freedomizer. I want to thank everybody so much for finding us today. Today is Thursday, so we'll have Kimo joining us here in just a moment. And if you out there in Radio Land have anything you want to share tonight, the number here is 319-527-6208. And just press lucky number one on your phone, and I will uh, bring you into the conversation. So with that, here's a gentleman I haven't spoken to in a while. Let's go ahead and bring him in. Welcome back, sir. Uh, good to be back. Uh, well, at least 85% of me is back, so we'll see how it goes. <laughs> All right. So what's the word on the street out there? Um, life in general, been sicker than a dog. Everybody around me has been sicker than a dog. Uh, even the dog's been sicker than a dog. <laughs> I've mostly spent the last couple weeks uh, watching a lot of sports news and coloring in my new coloring book just to pass the time till I was feeling better. All right. So if you want to go sports news real quick, we do have a couple things. Yeah, Bill Belichick got fired. <laughs> I think that was either a quit or get fired. Uh, it wasn't exactly a firing, but I guess he had his choice. Originally, uh, from what we heard, originally Monday morning after the, the last games of the week, of the year, the regular season, uh, Bill Belichick was supposed to hold a press conference saying he was going to semi-retire. And he refused to do it, and the organization had a talk with him, and they're like, either you retire or you're gone. So as of this morning, he's gone. So, you know, it's... How do you semi-retire as a coach? Well, the same way Pete Carroll did in Seattle in the last couple days. Basically, they made him an offer to step down as head coach, but they were going to put him in the in the corporate offices as a consultant. So Bill so Belichick would have had Carroll. a pushy consultant job instead. Yeah, exactly. And he but said I no. Guess he was, yeah, I guess he wasn't too thrilled with the idea. Pete Carroll loved it. So right now, Pete Carroll's getting a cushy office job in Seattle. They're going to get him a new get a, get a new head coach for Seattle. You know, it was it was kind of funny though that you know so many different coaches ever since Monday, you know, have all been laid out and you know all fired and dismissed. So, well, that's why they call it Black Monday. Yep. And, you know, a lot of teams have their genitalia swinging in the breeze right now, wondering what they're going to do for coaches and stuff now, so. Yeah. I've heard that Mike Vrabel, who got fired from the Titans, is probably a uh, – is about as locked as you can get for the uh, New England job. 
either the New England job or Seattle. That's the funny thing because Mike Vrabel has a lot of ties to Seattle. You know, at one point being a coordinator for the, you know, and then, you know, going from coordinator to, you know, being a head coach of the Titans, and now the Titans, you know, the Titans let him go. And, you know, so far, Seattle, both Seattle and New England have got, you know, kind of a little taste of uh, what Vrabel has to offer. Yeah. So I guess this bears discussing. Was Belichick just a good head coach based on on having Tom Brady, or was he a good coach as well? Oh, I think he was a good head coach. But it had a lot to do with the players that he had under him, the, the ones that he could play, you know, pick through his organization. And what he wanted as, you know, good players under his coaching abilities. So, you know, the man's in his 70s, late 70s, I believe. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, he's lucky. He's, you know, that's not an oldest thing, and I'm going to say this now, because, you know, Pete Carroll's in his 70s, and he doesn't look 70, he doesn't act 70, you know, he doesn't perform 70. I was going to say, I Bill think Belichick, Pete Carroll is 74 or 75, if, uh, if memory serves me right. Yeah. Bel, you know, Belichick's going, you know, getting up the same age, you know, just like, you know, uh, you know, Trump and Biden are pretty much the same age, and, you know, Trump acts like Trump, and, you know, Biden's got one foot in the grave, so. Right. So, yeah, Brandon is four years older than Trump. Yep. And he seems more like 20 than four. Right. But my, my wow. favorite, though, if we want, well, let, let's stick with, uh, let's stick with part two. So there's the Jimmy Kimmel versus Aaron Rodgers feud. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, uh, did Aaron Rodgers strike a nerve with Jimmy Kimmel about the whole list? Yes. So you know. So uh, so Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I forget what Jimmy Kimmel said about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, it was probably something with it, with him not getting his gene therapies, and then Aaron Rodgers said. Well, I'm going to laugh when we find you on the Epstein list in a few days. And Jimmy yeah. Kimmel said he was going to sue him for defamation of character because he's not on the list. And sure enough, his name is uh, big and bold right on that list. Yeah, and yet, you know, it was it was originally, you know, Aaron Rodgers talked about it the other day, too. It was originally meant as a joke. A little bit of a backhanded joke, but a joke nonetheless. Yeah. And then it was, you know, it was proven that, you know, he's on the list. So, you know, I believe, you know, all of a sudden Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel got a nerve struck. And, you know, instantly, as they all try to do, you know, he wanted to cancel him and, you know, badmouth him and berate him. And, uh, 
Let me just try to explain that. Let me explain the situation here. Aaron Rodgers calls out Jimmy Kimmel for being on a pedophile list. And instead of being quiet, Jimmy Kimmel doubles down and, uh, and, and uh, talks crap about Aaron Rodgers while, while it's proven that he is, he is definitely on that list. And the witness said that, that he's, uh, he's had sex with underage people on pedophile Island as a witness. Everyone was. So your response to that is to call out a, a quarterback whose name is not on the list. You know, who doesn't fit the agenda. You know, he doesn't fit the agenda. Yeah. You know, that's how insane he is. It's like back in the days, you know, when we were, uh, you know, when we were just doing our up and, you know, our up and comments in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know, Jimmy Kimmel had just left from Las Vegas and he started doing the man show. Right. Yeah, and you know you know, big deal. It's like he made it to cable T V or you know he had his own show on Comedy Central or whatever. And, you know, the same thing over time since he's got his late night show that, you know, he's for women and, you know, the Me Too movement. And <laughs> yet, you know, he had women jumping on trampolines. He had the juggies. He had a thing about once every week where he was going to mini malls and they were filming women about, you know, wanting to, you know, having Jimmy Kimmel stick their his their hand down his pants and going, "What's in my pants?" Okay. I yeah, vaguely you know, remember that. It's been a long time since I'd have to think about that show. Oh yeah, he's a flat out hypocrite. Stop the car, and then I realize. And to sit there and try to call out Aaron Rodgers, you know, is a joke. So, I just think it's funny where Jimmy Kimmel is a hypocrite, where where Jimmy Fallon is just like a tool bag. Jimmy Jimmy Fallon is, you know, it's scripted. He's wanting to, you know, he says what the, you know, what, what the good of the corporation wants him to say. Yeah, and he's all happy with it. Are you at a restaurant or something? Uh, no. Oh, okay. I think my tablet was up on something. <laughs> all right. No, I, I, I don't mind. I just wanted to know what I was dealing with because uh, I heard some voices that were louder than you, and I, I was just wondering if I was... Uh, if I needed to speak up or anything. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, the way my phone was laying, my tablet was playing something, and you, it could actually pick up the, the, the sound from it. So. Oh, all right. All right. I feel better. I'm like, yeah, I hope you're not trying to talk, and you and you're, you got people like eat, eating their moons over my, my hammy at Denny's or something. Oh, no, no, no. You know, it, it's strictly Village Inn. <laughs> All right. No, no I have I'm to actually, admit, I've had a craving for Culver's lately, and uh, I, 
I'd have to go to St. George or Kingman for that. Same thing. If I had to go, if I wanted the Culver's, I'd have to go to Denver for it. They don't have any in Colorado Springs? Nope. Oh, okay. Not for that scene. All right. I mean, it's funny enough as it is, there's an In-N-Out burger right next door to a Whataburger in the Springs, so. We're supposed to get a Whataburger here somewhere. I forget what casino. And we're getting like 20 Bojangles in 2024, allegedly. Oh, that's interesting. I like Bojangles. I have no complaint with them. I just haven't eaten in there in so many years. That... You know, I barely eat out as it is anymore. And when I do, it's, you know, specific places. Right. No, I mean, I, uh, I well, you remember Vegas. My my big thing now is once a month we go to the village pub so I can get fish and chips. Yeah. It's hard to argue with that. That's just the fish and chips were good. So Yes. All right. Oh, so anyway, uh, getting into some other stuff here. Uh, darn it, there was something I wanted to go over in the first uh, discussion there. And I said, don't let me forget, and I didn't write it down. I forgot, too. So, by the way, um, a special thank you and a shout-out, straight up. Um, I didn't actually see it. I've got it on DVR. I haven't played it yet. So I didn't know how well he did. But, you know, Joe Coy hosted the Golden Globes this year on Sunday. Yes. And I didn't see it. I heard he did good. You know Joe Coy? I mean, uh, not know of him, but you met him? Uh, too many times hanging out with Doug Stanhope, yes. Joe Coy was the MC of my first ever time I was on stage in New York City as an open mic. Back in, what, 1993-ish? I think so. Well, you wouldn't know. I didn't know you then. I was in New York yeah, City. But, but hell, I was doing every once in a while, I was doing shows with him at Tommy Rockers. So, yeah. I mean, I definitely wasn't the headliner. I was his opening act, but, you know, it was Joe Coy. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, kind of an interesting combination when it's, you know, me, Doug Stanhope, Joe Coy, and Pyro Pete. Oh, wow. I wonder what he's doing these days. Uh, he's still working pyrotechnics in Las Vegas. All right. He's still blowing stuff up for good money. Right, exactly. Mostly, Did uh, you watch? No, go ahead. I was going to say mostly any time like the Golden Knights or, you know, the Raiders games and stuff, any of the pyrotechnics that are involved in most sports now in Las Vegas, that's a lot of Pete's work. And now I just remembered what I, what I uh, was thinking of. 
Okay. So did you, speaking of Joe Coy, did you see that Jim Gaffigan was at the Golden Globes and he, uh, he pissed off a bunch of pedos? Uh, I didn't hear all of what was going on with that, but I did hear something about that. Yes. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I like when, uh, when they roast pedos and there's nothing they could do about it. That's my favorite. You know, well, that they chose that lifestyle. Well, you know, that as dumb as it is, and as sick and yeah. twisted as it is, they chose that lifestyle. That's why so many interesting names ended up on the Pedo Island list. So what I like to tell people about that list, because it, it did not specify how many times people were there, and it doesn't specify the the context of people there. So I look at it like a, a drug dealer. If somebody was there once, they're not going to be shown the, the secret children. They are just going to take a look and say, look at my beach. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein would have to feel them out and then make sure that they were interested. Just like well, a drug dealer... Well. You would not, the drug dealer would not, if, if he met you for the first time, he's not going to say, come knock on my door and I'll sell you the crack right from my house. Yeah. Yet, you know, we're waiting still for the flight lists, for the manifestos to come out. The manifestos will show how many people, you know, were in, you know, were at Petto Island and how many times. But right. that list still hasn't come out yet. But other people that were on the list that, you know, openly admitted, you know, there's a couple people openly admitted it was like, yes, I was there, but, you know, the same thing. It's like I didn't do anything. And one of them is David Copperfield. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, you know, you know, certain entertainers like David Copperfield and a couple of musicians that were there, you know, he, you know, they probably performed for Pedo Island. You know, that they probably never, you know, indulged. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I would David say Copperfield. someone like Akon, for example, uh, I don't know if necessarily Akon, just because he was on the list, he could have performed. He could have. He could not have. It depends. Once again, it depends how many times he was on the island. Exactly. I was just giving like an David, example. David Copperfield admitted he was there once, but, you know, I really don't see him going to the girls going, hey, watch me pull a banana out of my pants, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of an iffy situation, but the thing is that so many people were at Petto Island, you know, they, you know, whether they knew, you know, the back, you know, knew the back door or the back room areas, you know, that's another story. But, you know, what's, like you said too, you know, you, you know, you only come in once and, you know, you're not going to get that back, that back room treatment. You know, you're there four or five times. You probably had the backdoor treatment three or four times already. Yeah, I would say at the third or fourth time going there, then they would try to introduce you to some stuff. 
You know, Meadow Island was the only place I know of where there was, you know, sex was allowed in the champagne room. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's an old stripper joke where, you know, everybody always goes, you know, when you go to strip clubs in Las Vegas, it was like, hey, you know, get into the champagne room. It's like, why? There's no sex in the champagne room. Hmm. Uh, Pedo Island, there probably was. But what's going to happen? Probably nothing, except we know what, what they do behind uh, uh, behind the island. So that, that's all. Oh. All they, all we know is that they came out as pedos, and that's it. And the funny thing is, you know, now the island has been sold. Uh, the new people that own it are going to, you know, they're they're doing a resort on the island, and you know they change, they're changing a couple of things. The one thing they are not changing is, you know, his his actual building. They're leaving that standing. There's a lot of ghosts in there. I hope they bring a lot of sage. <laughs> a lot of sage, a lot of Kleenex, and a lot of disinfectant. <laughs> yes. You know, oh, look at all the little ghosts that are running around. It's like, no, those aren't ghosts. Those are Kleenex. Speaking of pedos, did you watch any of the Hunter Biden conference? <laughs> Only about five minutes of it. There's a, a reporter that needs to go to the Hall of Fame. He straight up, right in front of his face, asked Hunter, uh, what's your favorite brand of crack that you smoke? <laughs> I might have that I on a clip. Crack. I have to look for it, but I think I have it. I get my crack from Leroy Jenkins in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I just remember crack. Get your crack here. Crack. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just think that was. That was the biggest fake spectacle when Marjorie Taylor Greene's announced as the next questioner, and he just gets up and walks out. <laughs> yeah, that found, I found that really funny. Like that, like that wasn't <laughs> scripted or anything. I'm sure that was perfectly scripted for him. And then he could say, look, I was there. I attended. I didn't have to answer any questions, but I attended. He knows at the end of the day, Merrick Garland's going to save his tuchus. So now he's just he's just trolling. Well, Prove considering me wrong. Uh, considering his art manager already threw him under the bus in the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Um, the um, one of the other well, female representatives in Congress ripped him a new one right in front of him. Nancy Mace. I was, huh? Yeah. And I was surprised he sat for that. Right. I was waiting for him to just run out the door. And now he wants to sue Marjorie Taylor Greene for showing naked pictures of him with kids in the, in that, in that meeting. 
If you don't like being seen naked with kids around you doing stuff, then don't do it. That's that simple. Nobody told him he had to go in there and show his, uh, as you say, genitalia to the little kids out there. He did not have to invest his genitalia inside somebody's cheese pizza. Exactly. And especially don't take pictures of it, you know. Is that really a brag you want, you know, running around the Internet going, hey, check these pictures out? You know, I don't think so. Right. But, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug, so. Now we know that that there's a two-tier justice system, and, and people are starting to wake up because, you got Ray Epps that gets no jail time, but you get people like Stuart Rhodes who are not even in Washington, D.C. that day, but are getting 22 years for their involvement. But, but you, can, you can order people to go into the Capitol and you can throw signs and, and hit police officers and, and you just get a, a little bit of probation. But you get 22 oh, yeah. years and not even in the city. Oh, because they ask you what your political party is. If you're a D, you're safe. If you're an R, you're not. Yeah. Yeah, they want to arrest Donald Trump for uh, for a, a legitimate real estate transaction that the bank even says we would happily do business with him again. But uh, you get people that are that are actually involved in, in things that need to be arrested, and, and no, we can't do that. See, I was uh, last night, um, right about the time you were doing your show last night, um, I was watching the town hall meeting with Donald Trump on Fox, or Fox News. Okay, yeah. And he, I I don't know how to put it, I just give him, I mean, I'll applaud him. Because he pulled no punches on any of that. Right. And a lot of people were sitting there going, well, during the the whole thing with Fox, it was like, you know, when they had, you know, some of the people at the town hall were like, well, originally when you were being indicted, you know, we started looking at DeSantis and Nikki Haley, and then, you know, the more we started looking into your case, we were like, uh, no, we're voting for Trump no matter what. Because they they see the they see the you know the BS. Yeah. It's like little by little, everybody's finally starting to see the light. I mean, you know, even Fetterman had a, a moment of clarity, you know, in the last couple weeks. Yeah, I can't believe John Fetterwoman actually sounds normal now. Yeah. Well, he did for a couple days. (laughs) I think the party got, you know, got a hold of him in the last couple days going, "Uh, you don't need to be saying this stuff. And all of a sudden, he's back to being, you know, Fetterwoman again. My name is John Fetterwoman. And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. 
That's an awesome clip. Fetterman reminds me of special ed from Craig Yankers, okay? <laughs> yeah. That was so like Trump the clip says he knows the, uh, who his vice president is already. But he still won't tell us yet. No, of course not. You don't want to you don't want to give that out. I get that. I wouldn't want him to admit it yet. We have our speculations. Well, there's a couple of interesting, you know, candidates for that. Yeah, the two names you know, I hear often is Christy Nome from South Dakota, and lately I've been hearing a lot about Vivek Ramaswamy. That's because everybody's keeping quiet about, you know, I don't think Trump was actually joking when he sat there and said that he would even make Tucker Carlson as vice president. <laughs> oh, I, I get so that. that. That would be interesting. I mean, hell, the vice president does not have to be a U, U.S.-born citizen, all right? Wouldn't that be a hoot, you know, Donald Trump and Russell Brand? <laughs> Yeah. They call it the Trump brand. <laughs> but I'm not opposed to Vivek, though. I think that would be interesting because if they want to do something with Trump, I, th- I think right now you've got a younger version of Trump that might not be as experienced, but he knows what's going on. And exactly. And, the, 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 you know, he could groom him. I hate using that word, but it's, you know, know. it's true in the way. Yes. You know, you know, he could groom him to be the next president in 2028. Right. And that would be the perfect way to do it. It's like, you know, you know, Trump Ramaswamy, it's like, you know, Trump handles everything he needs to do, you know, naturally. Ramaswamy is going to actually be verbal and put his two cents in. And Trump will, you know, help guide him on that. And then all of a sudden when Trump steps down, he's going to go, hey, you know, Vivek, helped with a lot of this in the last few years. And everybody, you know, everybody would be, you know, he's right. Let's vote for Vivek. So. Yeah. The one thing that, that Vivek does not have is name recognition. So that that's his only thing because nobody knew who he was six months ago. Yeah. Quite a few people know who he is now. But even if, I mean, if Trump ended up going to jail and took his name off the ballot for whatever reason, I don't think Vivek even makes it. Well, he could make it out of the primary, but you're not going to reach those people that have voted Democrat all their life. They're going to say Vivek who? I, I know who Brandon is, and I know who Michael Robinson Obama is. He's a nice lady. So I don't think that they that everybody knows who Trump is. They'll go from Brandon to Trump, but they're not going to go from Brandon to Vivek. Unless, unless he's, you know, unless he's Trump's vice president. That's what I'm saying. So as of right now, he doesn't have a chance. But at the same time, Chris Christie actually was right as he was signing off uh, out of out of the presidential race that Nikki Haley doesn't stand a chance. Well, you know. 
I think the only reason why he, you know, why he bowed out was because, you know, he'd be missed by Applebee's. Well, no, the only money he was getting was from fake news and uh, and media conglomerates to stay in the race so they could battle Trump, so he could battle Trump. But when Trump was not showing up to the debates, Chris Christie became useless. Well, except the Krispy Kreme, but that's another story. <laughs> but he he and Mike Pence said they're both they're both switching over to Democrat. Well, and you know, here. fine, let them. Yeah, fine, let them. You know, there might actually be some intelligent life in the Democrat Party at that point. Then. Why is that? Have you looked at most? I mean, come on. He's he's got more intelligence than anybody in the squad combined. So well, I don't Chris think either of them are. They might be intelligent, but yeah, they're they're just snakes. They can go play well, with Democrats. Sure. I don't care. I mean, personally, I would rather see all of a sudden an independent that everybody likes. Yeah, I, I, and that would be a I, twist. I, I like Robert Kennedy as a person, but now's not the time for him. Kennedy would have looked a lot better if he was following Trump and not following Brandon, because the the way that that Kennedy wants to do things it's not going to lend itself to fixing the, the current problems that we have. And see, that's why I would never run for president. Hmm. It's like, I, you know, I don't want to run this country, you know, I want to own it with no money down on a foreclosure. Hmm. And besides, I would, you know, that would be the first candidate other than Obama that would sit there and go, yes, not only did I smoke weed, I drank the bong water, too. You know, it's – that would be an interesting thing for everybody, for social media to deal with. I mean, hell, we haven't we haven't had a guy in a wheelchair for run for president since FDR, you know. <laughs> But uh, but you got Big Mike uh, doing commer- not commercials but interviews again, letting everybody know that that he's out there. But it's it's too late to do the switcheroo, and they already announced that Brandon is going to run unopposed, and whoever thinks they were they were going to be on the Democrat uh, ticket or the Democrat platform for the primary, they were mistaken because they just they dumped the queue, and it's only Brandon. Well, that's why uh, that's why his handlers, you know, made a press release to most of the so most of the media out there, stating, you know, that you know the Democrat way is the only way, social media wise and everything else, and 
you know, don't believe or trust the Republicans because it's all fake news and misinformation. It's like, you know, amazing that they want to they want to claim that, you know, it's an open and fair election, yet, you know, they say things like that and then put out, you know, media press releases that, you know, stating things like that. And it's like, that's not really an open and fair election. Now, is it? No, it's an open and fair election as long as we can arrest anybody that's going to poll better than, than who we have. Yeah, and as long as you think our way, then it's an open and fair election. The moment you don't think our way, then it's not an open and fair election. It's like, you know, it's anarchy. That's what, so you know, rumor is, is that they're going to float a Nikki Haley with Ron DeSantis as the vice president to try and thwart Trump. The first debate they have with, you know, with any of those, you know, Trump would have them over a barrel. Because yeah, I, I do think in all fairness, DeSantis could probably debate a little bit better, but, but he's not going to beat Trump. Well, The only DeSantis people right be- now that are going to vote for, for one of them two is uh, somebody that is saying they're a never-Trumper. Like someone like a Ben Shapiro who will never vote for Trump ever. So they, yeah. they, they will look yeah. for anybody but. And see, one of the things that, that they brought up in the town hall meeting last night, that, you know, that DeSantis and Nikki Haley were talking about, well, you know, what about the $8 trillion that Trump got us, you know, semi in debt? And Trump openly stated, he was like, you know, we were ready to pay that back with the energy that we were going to ready to be selling to everybody. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, COVID kicked in, and they, you know, they, they had to put that on hold because, you know, the country needed us more than us paying back the debt, which I think was kind of mostly right, but. But that's what they're going to lead, and you know that's what they're going to lead on is you know the eight trillion dollars. And Trump openly stated exactly what was going on with the whole situation last night, and a lot of people believed it and stuff. So, I mean, it sounded believable. Yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't hold water if they if they're going to try to do that. I saw somebody that said they would never vote for Trump because Trump would put us in World War III. <laughs> like, what do you think we have now with Brandon? You go from the, pre- the president that has not started a new war in 72 years uh, versus a guy that's running multiple wars at this time. And, uh, you know, Trump was a peacekeeper for those four years. It's like not only did he not get us in any new wars, he got us out of a couple of them. Right. And he was able to peace treaty. So, and you sit there and bring that up to some people, and they're like, you know, they have no answer for it. No, but watch what's going on in New York right now when you have. You have schools being taken over. The kids have to go 
and uh, and and uh, and go learn online uh, so they can give illegals the schools. Oh, I don't think parents um, like that very much. Not only that, there's I forgot which which couple colleges are doing the same thing now too. It's like there are now a couple of colleges that they've kicked everybody, you know, from the school out of the dorms just so the illegal immigrants can have the dorms. And then they're going to try to bring them up educationally as well. And it's like, you know, the whole thing's ridiculous. So there's over 90,000 military-age men that are from China in the United States as illegals right now. Yeah, I've heard that too. So you know, kind we're of paying, We're paying for for organizations to to come uh, do something dirty here. Technically, we have for decades, but nobody really wants wanted to talk about it. It's to the point where you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of overseas, uh, you know. We'll just say overseas immigrants that weren't exactly here illegally, but, you know, mommy and daddy put the money up for them to go to college in the United States to get that education only to go back to their countries and tell everybody what's going on. Right. And to use this education that they got in the United States against us. It's loving and liberal, I guess. Hey, if it's a slow you know, night, okay. and we got a lot of news to go over, but if it's slow and there's no callers, we we might uh, we might watch a couple of uh, broccoli mans that you have not uh, had a chance to watch recently. Uh, I watched the other weeks. Um, I haven't um, watched the new one that you sent me the other day. No, I figured you'd watch that on the on the show. Oh yeah, usually I like watching those on the show anyway. All right, well I'm going to get ready to play this one here. Uh, do you have the last one, the absolute wokest? Um, hang on one second. Let me go to Rumble. Yeah. Remember, not the old laptop anymore. I've got a tablet. That's like really interesting to try to slowly program everything into. Uh, let's see. And the rumble is proof negative, right? Uh, yes. Or just broccoli man? No, nah, proof negative. I got multiple channels on there. Hey. 
I'll go to the one with the most followers. Let's see, the absolute wokest I haven't seen yet. Um, uh, punished for sharing truth I have seen already. <laughs> All right. And see, I saw a sugar had a heart attack. But yeah, if you want, go we'll go ahead and do the absolute wokest. All right. All right, we could do that. So if you have it up, I'll go ahead and uh, and queue it up here. So oh, all of you, if you're interested in watching these cartoons, just look for Broccoli Man on Rumble. Uh, I don't do YouTube anymore because I got two strikes for my cartoons, so I'm not getting a third strike. So they, they don't get my content anymore. All right, so I'll count down. Three, two, one, action. I am glad the Epstein list is finally becoming public. Many of us in the truth movement already knew this. But hopefully these child traffickers will go to prison and the public will stop supporting these sickos. Dumbass. Yag. The sad thing is, whenever we are close to exposing the globalists, they set up another event where they pull the wool over the public's eyes so we do not arrest them for doing what they do. I am worried the globalists will try and hit us even harder because they are getting exposed with the Epstein files. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. We need to get justice for what they did to us during these COVID gene therapies. Worldwide they killed over 20 million people with the gene therapies. Everyone knows Brandon sucks and does not run anything. No one trusts the government. But nothing ever happens. We all need to share this information out like our life depends on it. Hey broccoli person. I hate you so much. Why do you hate globalists so much? They do a lot of great things in the world. Like Planned Parenthood. They help us get abortions even after the baby is born. I am not into babies being born and then being killed while they are alive. That's because you are too extreme. How is not wanting to kill babies after they are born considered extreme? This was literally illegal until Brandon was president. Every single year before that you would get arrested for murdering a baby. That's because you are not for women's rights. Bruh. Do you even know what a woman is? It is someone acting as a woman. Especially if they have a junk on their person. That is not a definition. You cannot use a word to say what the same word is. Can you define a woman without using the word woman? I do not know. I am not a gynecologist. Huh? Then why are you dressed like a woman if you do not know what a woman is? I am more of a woman than a normal woman because I have a junk on my person. Why are you so afraid of saying what a woman is? I am sure you know what one is. How are you better than a woman? 
How are you even a woman? I am a woman because I wear women's clothing and wear makeup. I also go to women's restrooms. I am loving and liberal because I am a trans. It is wrong and immoral now to be as a man or a woman. It is about the new communist way of thinking. We do not believe we should be men's or women's. You are extreme if you think you are a male or female. You think male and female is outdated? I would be willing to pay you to milk a bull. You can also go to my chicken coop and see if my rooster lays eggs. Yuck. How dare you have chickens? I can't wait until it is illegal to eat meat. I would never touch an egg. You meat eaters need to get re-educated in a FIMA camp. You need to think about how us vegans feel and be more like us. We will make it the law so we can keep our freedom. People should be allowed to eat soy products and also eat Z-bugs. See, here is the issue. People like us do not care what food you put in your body. If you want to eat GMO soy or eat bugs go for it. More food for me. You can act as a communism in a capitalist society. But it is impossible to live as a capitalist in a communist society. Plus, in a communist world, only the 1% own things. Why don't you hate on them? Well of course the 1% should be able to do what they want. We do not care. They should own things because they are the ones that tell us what bugs to eat. They produce the soy products we eat. People like Gilobolist are the ones that help make our world great. His lies and a cajun therapist gives us heart conditions. He is so loving and liberal. Don't you know Brandon legalized heart attacks for the children? Why are you such a globalist chill? Don't you know the new world order is going to scoop you up too and take everything in your life away? My goal is to own nothing and eat Z-bugs. I am a trans vegan who is loving and liberal. You cannot be a woman just because you like wearing makeup. You are just a nut job. Oh yeah? You should go on to my only trans page when I have my webcam shows. I will show you how great of a trans I am. Wow. So that means you have no skills to speak of. I am sure no one would like to work in the same building as you. So you have to resort to try and get paid by getting tokens so people can watch and laugh at what you are doing. Being an only trans is hard work. It is much harder work than your job. At least I work for myself. You are right. I am sure showing everyone your ice cream cone is much harder than catching child traffickers and arresting them all day. At least I do not worry who is on Epstein's flight logs. Those are the only people in this world I respect. So, you only respect the 1% people that have gotten away with diddling children? Who died and left you as the moral police. You are not even a 1% person. Those that have no moral have no compass to know what is even right. You are so dumb that you cannot even watch CNN and see what we have to believe in today. At least I know how to go out and glue my junk to the ground so I can speak up for trans people supporting Hamas. 
We are going to teach Palestine how to be as loving and liberal. Once they can learn how to become trans, they will accept us and also become trans. Bruh. That's not how it works. You are just afraid that the Hamas people will accept us and join us to put all you old fogies that are Christian and Jewish into the FEMA camps. That do not exist. Huh? By the way, what even are your pronouns? I am as im slash zir. If you say he slash him it proves you are a racist. Only he slash him or her slash she pronouns are 100% racist. Liberals unfortunately need to learn their lessons the hard way. They think communism is all fun and games. They will not ask the citizens of China, Iran, Venezuela, or Cuba how great communism is. Of course we'll not ask them. They do not know how great they have it. All they do is complain. As I was saying. Do not be afraid of these Wokotopians. Stand up for yourselves. Also, check out the Proof Negative radio show. Proof is on weeknights 9 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. That is 6 to 9 p.m. Pacific Time. Proof is on at freedomizerradio.com. Proof has on great guests, excellent co-hosts, and all the news you need to know about. Do not let them bully you into wearing scams, getting more gene therapies, or getting a microchip. Get educated. Go to freedomizerradio.com. See? You bees are such a loser. You are such an extremist for not wanting to wear a scam, get a gene therapy, or get a Lysenica Freedom Microchip. That is how we divide us patriots that are loving and liberal. Against you losers who just let everyone always see your face and still pay with cash money. My ideas are better than your because I got them from CNN and Klaus Schwab. Alright, I hope that was alright. <laughs> oh, that liberal person, what a whack job. Yeah, that's that's the uh, that's the equivalent of the 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 youth though. Most of them that have been educated in most modern colleges these days, anyway. And then now they're finding yeah. out that you know half of their half of their degrees that they're all getting at right now don't add up for anything. You know, job in the job market. So. Yeah, but yeah, but That's now uh, they're making videos about. I can't believe they asked me to work six hours today. I was just getting ready to mention that when, just when you said it. <laughs> like, you know how you much know, I can accomplish if I only had to work four hours in a day. Yeah, you know, and I'm a happy person if I can work six, at least six hours a day. Oh, I'm, I, I, uh, I'm one of those people that can work all day, even when I, I'm not, uh, I'm not clocked into my day job because I run Freedomizer, I run Barefoot is Legal, I do baseball card sales, I work on music. I, I had a uh, I had a few days off right before Christmas. I had to use or lose vacation time, and I sat right here 
And uh, I worked the entire day, got up at normal time, and just worked on my own stuff. But if you, you want to succeed, to that, that's what you've got to do. Uh, the, you're not going to succeed by, by just uh, looking at it. You actually have to put exactly. the work in. Someone I do follow every once in a while on, uh, on YouTube, because, you know, I like cars. So I follow a couple automotive channels and stuff. And one of the guys closes out his show with a very good thought. And it's like sitting on your butt doesn't finish your projects. <laughs> right. And that's what most people don't realize is that, you know, you have to get out there and do stuff you know, in order to do it, not just complain about it. You know what's funny, though, is that if these liberals vote Democrat and Brandon wins, these are the kids that are going to be in frontline infantry in 2025. They don't want to yeah, work for that's... four hours, but yet let, let's send them around half the globe, and they have to hold an instrument that they actually protest, which is a gun. <laughs> Especially since Bruno, if Brandon has his way, if it doesn't pass through Congress, he wants to put out an executive order that all females ages 18 to 26 have to have to register for the draft now. Right. And there's a lot of females on TikTok that are complaining about that. And it's like I had somebody else make a joke about that that, you know, 90% of women wouldn't have to worry about it because they wouldn't pass the psychological evaluation anyway. Well, when you get drafted, I don't, uh, I don't know uh, how the psych uh, works out, but there's going to be a lot of people that are, that are not going to be happy. I think the crazier the person, the more they have to run on the front line. Yeah. That'll be fun. <laughs> but, you know, half of, you know, half of our, our youth at the point, at this point, you know, can't pass a physical for military service. It's well, like, there's you know, no incentive now. Yeah. I mean, you know, what happened to Arnold Schwarzenegger and, you know, telling everybody to be healthy and fit? Well, now it's all about being fat as healthy. Oh, yeah, because, you know, saying anything about anybody's weight is being fat phobic or fat shaming. Meanwhile, all the, all the, fat, uh, all the fat social media content makers are all dying. Yeah, from heart attacks and strokes, and, mm-hmm. and they're all dying by the age of 32. And yet everybody looks up to them for some strange reason. <laughs> and I, I'm not, uh, not going to mock people for, for being overweight. That, that's not the goal here. The thing is, is that you can't, you can't tell people that you're, you have privilege because because uh, you're a normal weight, and, uh, and oh, the new thing now is that you have privilege if you're able-bodied and you speak English. So you're a victim, Chemo, because you're in a wheelchair. 
Yeah. Amazing how that really works out in reality, doesn't it? Right. Hey, I grabbed that Jim Gaffigan, that clip. I wanted to play for you at the Golden Globe. Oh, go for it. Some I wrote, some other people wrote. Robert De Niro's here. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. You got, you're kidding me, right? Slow down. I wrote some of these, and they're the ones you're laughing at. Look. Robert De Niro's here. I'm sorry. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm standing out. I love you, Robert. Okay? If it's awkward, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do that in front of you. I know it sucks. So last night was the Golden Globes. Did you watch it? Probably not, because nobody cares. Uh, nobody cares whatsoever about you know, Hollywood celebrities getting together to pat themselves on the back and uh, tell everyone, you know, to save the environment, even though three-fourths of them flew there on their own private jets. But last night was in particular pretty hilarious as the new host that they picked completely bombed, blamed the writers when his jokes tanked. He managed to piss off Taylor Swift and all of Taylor Swift's fans. Oh, no, by the way... Jim Gaffigan told a joke about Hollywood is full of um, the absolute worst creepazoids on the planet. Now, some people think he was taking a page out of Ricky Gervais's book and trying to go ahead and insult the people in the room. I happen to think that he was making fun of you. He's making fun of people who believe that Hollywood is full of creepazoids. We'll take a look at the clip and you can decide because... Uh, I'll be curious to hear what you have to say about it. Now, the first article writes, <clears throat> Golden Globes 2024 were a new low for dying awards shows. Preparing for the 2024 Golden Globes, the award show made a bunch of reforms to its ethically wobbly voting body and got a new owner and moved to a different network. None of those PR efforts matter much when the broadcast turns out to be as god-awful as it was on Sunday night. If only we'd 100% counsel the Globes when we had the chance. This shindig agonizing. The shindig was agonizing. The evening was unbearably unfunny. Had just two or three great speeches over three hours. The whole celebrities get drunk for our amusement shtick was nowhere to be found. A-listers slumped in their seats, frowning as though detention still had 90 minutes left to go. The number one change to the Globes should have made... During this period of grand re-innovation was scrapped the host altogether, unless they're going to list somebody as delightful and hilarious as Christian Wig and Will Ferrell were when they presented. Well, the Globes couldn't, and viewers, not to mention the celebrities trapped in the Beverly Hilton's ballroom, were forced to endure comedian Joe Coy's unbearable opening monologue. His level of humor was perhaps best exemplified by his Barbenheimer bit. Oppenheimer is based on a 722-page Pulitzer Prize book about the Manhattan Project, he said, and Barbie is about a plastic doll with big boobs. I groaned so loudly that I thought my upstairs neighbor might call 911. Coy actually made every Oppenheimer joke imaginable except the most obvious one, I'm bombing up here. The situation became so awkward that he snapped at the crowd uh, like it was an off night at the Comedy Cellar. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago, the comic said. You want a perfect monologue? Yo, shut up. I wrote some of these, and those are the ones you're going to laugh at. 
Yes, Joe is a terrific way. Yes, Joe, a terrific way to begin a three-hour broadcast by telling the audience, including Meryl Streep and Martin Scorsese, to shut up. Another paralyzingly weird moment was when the coy poked fun at Taylor Swift and her football player boyfriend, Travis Kelsey, who didn't attend. The difference between the Golden Globes and the NFL, Coy said, is we have fewer camera shots of twi- twi- Taylor Swift. Hardy har har. The show cut to the pop star who took a sip of wine, stared ahead, glaring. Right then, Taylor was all of us. I mean, I mean, like, ultimately, nobody cares about these people. They get up on stage and, like, I, you know, I've never, I, I don't even understand how Coy got this job. He is just. He is insanely unfunny. I, perhaps it's that he's, I don't know, the right mixture of, of ethnicities and and people he sleeps with. But, like, I, I still don't understand why so many normies watch this stuff. Like, it was trending number one all night on Twitter. I'm like, who the heck is watching this crap? I mean, Nobody. To be honest, the Taylor Swift joke is uh, pretty accurate if you watch the NFL. Uh, that said, uh, Taylor Swift has been relatively unable to take jokes about herself for her entire career. And basically, that joke was as lame as it gets. Like, it was, it was the, like the bottomest, the easiest joke he could have written. I mean, I don't know who Joy Coy is, Joe Coy is, but when you bash the writers, you say your own stuff's unfunny, you yell at the audience. I mean, I don't even understand who, what they think, who wants to watch this. It's like, it's like old people that fell asleep with the TV still on. That's who I think is like, uh, watches like late night, like Jimmy Kimmel is, you know, I assume anybody who watches Kimmel fell asleep and is having like a wine nap or something like that. I, I don't even understand. But then this joke. Now, Jim Gaffigan, this is why I want to point out an alternative opinion. Okay? I want to point out alternative opinion um, here to many people on, in the talking head space, many viewers the right. So many in the right wing are applauding Jim Gaffigan. This is one thing the right seems to do a lot, and um, maybe the left does it too, probably. But it's like somebody's body of work is 99.9% garbage. And then they say one thing you agree with, and everyone's like, whoa! Uh, For example, Fetterlump, right? So Fetterlump said, I don't know how anyone could call what's going on at the southern southern border anything but a crisis. That's what Fetterlump said. And so everyone's like, whoa, Federla-based. You know, and it's, it's very predictable. But if you know who Jim Gaffigan is, if you, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. And if you, if you know who he is, you already know where I'm going with this. Jim Gaffigan is a guy that was funny 10 years ago. Um, and he had like one bit, and he's, I, I think he's basically completely erased from the comedy scene. Nobody cares about Jim Gaffigan. If you listen to what Jim Gaffigan ever has to say, this is a man who suffers from chronic onset of Donald Trump derangement syndrome. 
long TDS. He's got long TDS. You listen to him, the way he talks about um, the way he talks about people who didn't get the jab. The way he, I mean, he talks about he has like all the telltale signs of you know he hates you if you don't have the jab. If you think of Jim Gaffigan, think about the hot pockets. Now, now Google how long ago that joke was. 15 years, 10 years ago, the guy is always mid. He had one little bit, did one decent hour, and that, you know, I don't know. Maybe he's funny now, but every time I see him appear on podcasts, things of that nature, the, the things he talks about, the thing he says um, about uh, Republicans and people he just disagrees with leads me to believe that this joke is not about calling out Hollywood um, PDF files, okay? It's more like laughing at you for thinking Hollywood's full of them. So Colin Rugg and just about every talking head who all share the same video, right? New comedian Jim Gaffigan makes Jeffrey joke at the Golden Globes, calls out Hollywood for being filled with these creeps. Amazing. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. I believe he's making fun of everyone who points it out. He's making fun of Republicans who, you know, call it Hollywood creeps. Here's a joke. The Golden Globes. I mean, I, I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue... You could argue that he was calling them out. He was trying to take a little uh, bit of a Ricky Gervais look. I don't know. But, you know, some people are choosing to embrace it. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Because Jim made a risque joke during Sunday night's Golden Globes. While he was on stage introducing the best performance in a stand-up comedy on television, the comedian 57 said what we already said. His joke fell flat, albeit not as bad as co-host Joe Coy. Gaffigan did not make a direct reference to Jeffrey. However, his joke came shortly after. I don't think those two things are related. I think he's just talking about, you know, you know what people say about Hollywood people. I don't think it has anything to do with Jeffrey. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio was sitting in the front room in the front of Gaffigan when he made the joke. Um, DiCaprio was there, blah, blah, blah. Um... We all know DiCaprio's name was also on a list, but really just that Jeffrey, um, you know, name dropped him. I think that I think that his joke is making fun of the people that call all these Hollywood elites the things that they are or that they believe they are. Uh, I don't think that this is Jim Gaffigan making some sort of awesome based epic ponage i don't i don't believe that um now i do think um you know if he didn't have terminal tds if he didn't say the things that he said about people have chosen who didn't get the jab then perhaps i would argue or i would listen to the argument that he's calling them out or doing something of that nature but i don't actually think that's what he's doing here i think he's just normalizing he's making fun of it He's kind of um, 
watering it down a little bit. I don't really think he's calling anyone out there. I th- but, you know, you let me know what you think. I, I personally think when you look at the body of work that Jim Gaffigan has put together over the past, you know, couple of years, I think he's trolling the right. I don't think he's calling anyone out. All right, so if you have anything on that. Wow. Um, In a way, he's right. It's like, you know, I think Jim Gaffigan kind of called people out, but, you know, he was just joking about it. So maybe he wasn't calling people out on it, but I tend to believe he might might have been. I'm definitely going to have to watch the replay of it to see what was going on, especially, you know, the Joe Coy jokes that bombed. I mean, personally, you know, I think it's great that he told Meryl Streep to shut up. (laughs) But, you know, that's Joe. So let me, uh, I I did want to get some Vivek stuff in today. So there's one where he, he discusses the Epstein stuff. I want to get that out of the way here. With all the news coming out today, what would you do about the individuals on Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs? Yeah, look, we got to actually, and first of all, that's not even the whole thing. Why are we only seeing a partial list, a redacted list? So what I'm thinking right now, and you know, I didn't, a few years ago, I didn't think this way. People say this is a conspiracy theorist mindset. No, it's just a reality awakening based on how the game is played. I think that was actually a deflection because it was a way to at least placate the people who have been making demands for a long time to actually avoid releasing. Just give us the full list. Give us the full video footage of what happened inside and outside the prison. Tell us exactly why Jeffrey Epstein was saying before he, before he said they tried to kill me, I'm not committing suicide. And then what ends up happening is what it looks like his brother actually has offered a different account in recent days. My answer is we deserve a government that tells the people the truth. Lay out the full information, not the partial list, not the redacted list. Why do you need redactions? List the whole thing. We, the people, deserve the truth. We have a government that has systematically lied to us. From the truth of, I mean, all the way, it goes back, these are third rails you're not supposed to touch. The truth about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11, all the way to the basis for the war in Iraq, all the way to the basis for the 2008 bailouts, all the way to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was, the Hunter Biden laptop story we were told that was false on the eve of the last election, absolutely true, to the origin of COVID-19, which absolutely did begin as a man-made virus in a lab in Wuhan, which would have been censored if you said as recently as two and a half years ago. Weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, that's what I was referring to, the basis for the war in Iraq all the way to how our money's being spent in Ukraine, the truth about what happened on January 6th, which we still don't know. Well, it, but the extent to which and how, tell us the details, release the video footage, all the way to the Nashville Transgender Shooter Manifesto, which they refused to release. Every other shooter manifesto released except for that one until it got leaked, all the way to the Jeffrey Epstein client list. We deserve a government that tells the people the truth again. And if there's one thing I can promise you as your U.S. president, we will tell you the truth not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. Tell you the truth when it's ugly. That's how we actually rebuild 
trust in this country. You want to know something? If you want somebody who's actually going to get in there and speak truth to power, start by voting for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. There's a reason why I'm the only candidate in this race who can say these things. It looks like January 6th, just look at the facts, does increasingly look like it was the product of government entrapment. That's what it looks like. There's a client, Gretchen Whitmer. We actually know that was entrapment because it was actually proved by a jury that acquitted three of those people. There's a systematic underbelly of the administrative state, the deep state, and the law enforcement apparatus in this country. The only person who could tell you the climate change agenda is a hoax because it has nothing to do with the climate. That the carbon capture pipeline making its way across half this state, including the western and northern part of the state, using eminent domain to seize the land of innocent farmers, is based on incorrect, false, and illegal premises using eminent domain to seal the land from innocent farmers. To tell you Ronna McDaniel needs to resign as the failed chairwoman of the RNC. Then I'll pardon every peaceful protester from January 6th on day one in office to tell you that we'll strip the pharma companies of their special liability shield for liability for vaccine injuries, that I'll strip that in my first term in office. There's a reason why I'm the only candidate who can even tell you these things, because today our politics is corrupt. You need a president who's not bought and paid for by that same system. So are we going to do that for the Jeffrey Epstein client files, of course, and hold the bad actors accountable? Yes, we will. I've said my first term in office, first days in office, any government actor who has tried to pressure a private company like a tech company or a bank to do something through the back door that the government couldn't do through the front door, we will publish it and we will hold the bad actors accountable to the fullest extent of the law. That's how we restore the rule of law in this country. That's how I'm going to lead us. It's not going to make a lot of people happy, but I'm not in this to make friends. I'm in this to swear an oath to the Constitution and to keep it. And you know what? We the people, we can handle the truth. We demand the truth. We require the truth. That's the standard I want you to hold me to as your next president. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Eileen. Hey, to see. I love the bank. I've got to know you since the very early stages of this campaign, Eileen. You know what? You called me on March 17th, if you can All right, so he speaks the that truth. was five minutes. Oh, he speaks the truth. He definitely speaks the truth. I yeah, think he's right. right. When, he, uh, when he came out, none of us knew what we were getting uh, as far as he goes, and we're always skeptical because we found out who Barry Satoro is. But he's come a long way, and... and I, at some point, has he said enough that he can't possibly go back to, uh, uh, he can't be a liberal at this point? <laughs> yeah, I would say he couldn't. <laughs> because there's certain, when you cross that Rubicon, you can't go back and say, hey, I was just kidding. Now, now I'm a liberal. If he is a finalist for, for Trump, it wouldn't surprise me. I honestly still think he would be a great VP for Trump. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I I would like to see it. I I would look at him more than I would Tucker Carlson, although Tucker Carlson can can do almost the exact same thing. 
but I just think Vivek is is more ready to do it. Yeah, because you know when in two you know in 2016 when you know he Trump said that you know he wanted to drain the swamp. In 2024, if he still wanted to drain the swamp, Vivek would be had, had you know, would get, grab the shovel and start scooping them all out. Right. At least he would have a, a VP that he doesn't have to worry about, like like uh, like he did with Mike Pence. Yeah. I just don't think that that Trump is going to take whoever the RNC tells him to take. He's not going to have Ronald McDaniel say, you need to pick this person, like like what happened in 2016. Yeah, because that that, was supposed to be for the good of the party. And, well, you know, it turned out not so well. Because there for a while, you know, within the last year or so that, you know, as his VP, he's not supposed to badmouth Trump, but he was starting to do that already. Yeah. And I don't I, think Vivek would do that. I think he would stand side by side with Trump and go, okay, what do you want to do? Let's do it. And he would go guns blazing, gung-ho into this. Yeah, I agree with that. And I don't think it's Carrie Lake. God, I know some people have said Carrie Lake, and I like her, but I think she's running for Senate, and I think that's that's a wrap there. And for her, running for Senate's not a bad thing because then you know this would keep the Senate in check a little more. Right. Yeah, normally I would look at voting for Vivek in the primary, but uh, not when Trump is there. No, but to have Vivek, you know, be his VP, I'd completely vote for both of them. Right. So that would be, I think that would be a better ticket than uh, than Haley and DeSantis, personally. Just because I think, you know, personally, I think the people are fed up with the BS. And in the last three years, they finally, you know, when you know when Trump was voted, you know, quote unquote, voted out of office. Hmm. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, things are going to change." In the last three years, they were like, "Wait a second, it got worse," and they finally started seeing the truth to everything. And that's why more and more people are starting to jump bandwagon, you know, and starting to think more about the Republican Party as well as, you know, seeing, you know, how many, you know, how much of them have, you know, over the years have lied about this. So and let now, me ask you, know, you, though, let me ask you a question, Kimo. At what, at what point, because it wasn't like that in the beginning, so all the liberals were busy liberaling when Brandon became president, and they were so proud that they beat Trump. So at what point did that change? At what point did people say, you know what, I can't do this? 
when gas prices went up, when people couldn't afford food, when people couldn't afford housing. And then as far as college students go, you know, when he openly bragged that, you know, he was going to help pay student loans and so nobody's got student loan debt and then, you know, it still hasn't been done yet. And it never will because it's not feasible. And finally people are starting to realize this. So I don't think and it was a Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to figure out at what point, because uh, Brandon has just, uh, not that Brandon was ever quality, but for the first year, year and a half, people were giving him the benefit of the doubt. But it seems like at some point in 2023, that changed. And I'm trying to figure out what at what point was it. What was the... What was that certain part that people said, I can't do this? And that, that's what I'm trying to understand. I think it's a culmination of, you know, every little thing that, you know, has been, you know, stated about Brandon and everything else. And then, you know, everybody's trying to push, you know, the, the Democrats are trying to push against it going, well, that's not completely true. And all of a sudden, everybody, you know, little by little in America is going, well, wait a second. You know, all this stuff can't just be fake or, you know, false. Mm -hmm. And people are finally starting to realize just exactly what kind of a scum lord he is. I mean, I don't think it's, to me personally, I don't think it's one little thing. I seriously think it's slowly been a culmination of a lot of the little things that, you know, everybody's, you know, been, you know, been saying and what's been going on and, you know, the truth is slowly coming out and finally people are finally starting to realize this. And especially when even CNN and, you know, the mainstream media that is is pro-Democrat has had to literally admit a lot of truths in the last year. So you know what I think it is? I, I think when uh, when these mayors started talking ish about the border, and, and the Democrat mayors no less, and you see the crime in the streets, and I, I and I think a good tipping point was Chicago a couple months ago, when they started closing down schools and. And they they shut down soccer fields and football fields so they could let illegals put tents up there. Because if you lose the black community in the south side of Chicago, uh, I, I think that's the that's what jumps the shark. I can agree with that. So I think it's just a little bit here. Where all right, we, we see Brandon sucks on this, but don't worry, he's not Trump. He'll he'll get it back together. All right, he took another L. All right, it's starting to look bad, but it's still cool. Brandon is okay. Uh, we we don't want Trump. Oh man, he he sucked again. And it's like all right, well he keeps sucking. He's not scoring any points. And then all of a sudden you see the score is thirty-seven to zero. And you're not going to win that game. And I think that's uh, – I, I think it's when the, when the illegals are, are being seen visibly taking over the country. 
is when people said, I, I can't do this. And especially and I, I think the, and I think the, you know. the pouring it on part is when they got that Trump mugshot. And I, I think there's no coming back from that. Yeah. You know, and slowly they're, they're starting to realize that, you know, this the whole thing with Trump is, is not a losing case for Trump. It's a losing case for the Democrats because they're not going to convict him. Well, I think they went too hard. They went too hard against Trump and not hard enough on the border. I think the average person could have allowed everything else, but I think that combination – uh, I think that the last two things that, that did it were the buses that were shipped from Florida and Texas to the to those liberal sanctuary cities, and then Trump getting a mugshot. Uh, I think it was the combination of those two that Brandon's not going to come back from. Yeah, that, he, that, that pretty much ruined his career. And now with, you know... Well, they decided you know, to get that mugshot. Uh, that, that's it, then. I know people now that said I, I I was giving Brandon the benefit of the doubt, but now it's obvious that they're going after Trump because he's not one of them, and I, I can't I can't do that. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. You're not getting many people that are saying, "Yeah, I voted for Trump, but uh, I don't like what I'm getting, so I'm going to vote for Brandon." You're not getting that. And the funny thing is, in, in some of the polls, a lot of those people uh, have been stating this that. You know, they're like, well, yeah, I voted for Brandon because he thought, thought it would be better than Trump, and boy, was I wrong. Yeah. And they're all starting to sit there and realize the mistakes they made and the corruption that's going on in the government at this moment. So provided and, we don't you know, have World War Three, which uh, at this point it, it's a coin flip, if we're allowed to have an election – it's funny that how many people said that they're so glad Trump is going to be out of there, uh, and uh, and uh, now they're going to vote for him. I wonder if uh, the nice gentleman upstairs that blesses us with our lives, I wonder if he thought that it would be better for us to see the corruption that's going on, because if if Trump got that second election. I don't think that the Republicans would be set up. I I just don't think that there would be – I mean, you might have a bake out there, but I, I don't know necessarily. Ron DeSantis, maybe he had a different demeanor and he could follow up. But he changed uh, because he, he has Dick Cheney and the Bushes uh, telling him what to do. So he failed because that, that's not what, what freedom people want is not another rhino. So maybe we were meant to see this so that we can fix our mistakes. God, I hope so. <laughs> I, I'm trying to look at it as a not totally uh, defeated way. Because if you're like, well, Brandon's not going to allow an election and we're going to have World War Three, and there's going to be a draft. Um, that is all still on the table. I get that. But you have to think 
if it's not a hundred percent given that that the world's going to crap out this year. So we we have to have some kind of hope. Well, at this point, hope's all we got right now. That's what I'm saying. I mean, but I do think right. I do think we'd be better off, Kimo, if we if we had to lose four years to to get them on the back end, than have all of this happen after Trump. <clears throat> and you know, in a way, I think you're completely right. That you know, maybe we had to see the darkness before we can see the light, so to speak. Right. That's what I'm saying because you could have had a a well. I don't know. I think Governor Gruesome doesn't have a chance because if you can't fix your own state, you're not going to fix the country. But they could put exactly. Big Mike out there. And if Big Mike gets eight years, then that, that's over. Because if Big Mike gets four, Big Mike's going to get eight. They're, 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 there's, there's two cycles right there. Big Mike's not losing. And that's the thing is that you know, people are also starting to realize, maybe too, especially with like when it comes to gruesome, that you know he can't fix his own state. What makes you think he's going to fix a country? Right. And if anything is going to make it worse. On any debate stage, all DeSantis or Nikki Haley or Trump or whomever, all they have to do is say San Francisco. And there's no rebuttal for that. All all Grissom has is it's true because it's true. That's all he has. Hell, San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, uh, Oakland, uh, Sacramento. Oh, Sacramento's a good one. I mean, literally, there's a park right across the street from the state capitol in Sacramento that at any given time you can walk over there and buy any drug you want and the cops turn a blind eye to it. Uh, One more thing. Uh, We have a caller, by the way. I'm going to grab a caller in a second. I just wanted to say, I I know, I, I think I had one of them on my show a few years ago that said, this is the way they're fixing the homeless cycle. And there's a business a hair salon. They close at nine o'clock, a normal time. And at two in the morning, you get bums that actually pee on their wall, uh, on their storefront. And you know who gets the ticket? The business. Because they said, well, you should have been open to let people use the restroom. I don't know any hair salons that are going to be open at two in the morning just to let homeless pee in the in their bathroom. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be ever possible. <laughs> no. All right, let's go ahead and grab Bianchi uh, today. You haven't talked to him in a while. You Bianchi, know, uh, welcome in, sir. Thank you very much. Hey, and Bianchi, what's up? Good evening <laughs> to you, too, guys. The United States can't afford to fight no wars. And this money that Biden's administration continue to give over there in the Mideast and also Ukraine, they need to cut that damn stuff out. The United States is in bad shape. We're in bad shape. 
And all these illegals vote. They vote. They may not vote. If, if they vote for us, if they allow the vote state and local, and they have a ballot in their hand that have federal candidates on it, there's nothing to stop them proof from walking up ballot and putting marks alongside the federal candidate that they have been coached to put marks alongside their names. There's nothing. And you don't know who those ballots come from. Even Obama says that. Yeah, but that, that's why they like them, and they they can do the bus tour. If if you're in uh, if you're in Louisiana and you're an illegal, you can you could do Monroe. Uh, actually, you could go down from Shreveport, go down to Monroe. You can uh, you could just make uh, make uh, you could make it down to Lake Charles. Uh, you can go to Baton Rouge. You can go to all those Alexandria. You can hit all those cities because if They're you don't have an ID. If you don't have an ID, you could be Miguel Sanchez 12 times. They're talking about, uh, you read about the 300,000 Mexicans that the Mexican president is trying to negotiate $20 billion to give them yeah. visas, work visas. Well, they, and they not only do they get a work visa, but they get what's called an I-10 number. I-10 is individual tax identification number. It's designed for those who can't qualify for a Social Security number. I know personally. My wife has one. I married a Ghanaian woman when my American wife died. She's never been to this country. I carry her on my tax return because she has the I-10 number. And with that number, you can go get a home mortgage. It's just like a Social Security number, same number digit, except it starts off with a nine generally. Once you get a home mortgage and you sign that promissory note and the closing papers, what's next? You take the closing papers down to your election commission and register to vote. You got a government ID, right? A driver's license. That's how they'll do it. Democrats and that's ruthless. It just gets me though that these people would rather uh, they'd rather govern over ruins and, and crumbs than let everybody have a prime rib dinner. That that's just crazy to me. Well, you know, here's another thing. You remember the Cuban Missile Crisis when Nikita Khrushchev, by the way, he was a Ukrainian. You remember? The missiles that they already had in Cuba that we demanded that they take out, well, it's the same thing which you wanted to put NATO on the Russian border in the Ukraine. It's the same thing which you wanted to assist Taiwan there on the China border. If I'm wrong, somebody please help me to understand better. Oh, no, 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 you got it right. Russia do not want NATO on its borders, and you can't blame that country. Look at all the crap that it has went through. It's gun-shy. Poland, Hitler, they gun-shy. 
You can't blame them. They want to have a buffer, just like the U.S. has got the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean, Canada to the north, and Mexico and everybody else to the south. All powerful nations have always had buffers. Even ancient Egypt had buffers. Had the desert to the west, had the Sudan and that down to the south, finding the rest, Felicium to the east. That's historical. And had the Mediterranean to the north, partially. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't called the Mediterranean. Then it was called the Ethiopia. But that's just the way it is. In the United States and its debt, it cannot afford to be getting into any wars. And who the hell wants to have Newsom as president? Hell, California is about $40 billion in debt. Whoever thought that states, states are not supposed to be in debt simply because they cannot print money. They're supposed to run a balanced budget like Alaska normally does. So, hell no, I wouldn't want Newsom, Newsom as president. He can't run California. Maybe that fault line of do us a blessing and snap them off where they can float on out into the Pacific Ocean. Well, you, you're going to get either him or Big Mike, so that that's your options. Man, who in the heck would vote for Michelle? Michelle don't know a goddamn thing about running a government. Hell, she can barely run a kitchen. The chef come up dead. This silly crap about voting for people because of their skin color and their social aspects is just totally ridiculous. It don't go anyplace. It does not work. Where has it worked? It don't work. Money going to the Ukraine is like throwing a boomerang. It comes back around behind you and go into your campaign coffers of those that's cheering this stuff on. Hell, we built up China. They should have known at some point in time that they're going to have become ambitious and want to compete against you. I'm not worried about Russia. Do an inventory of the things you have in your house. Look what you got on your body. Is any of it made in Russia? No, it's coming from China. I ain't got one thing in my house. I don't even have any Russian vodka, any Russian Caviar. Is that what they call them fish eggs? I think so. You don't have anything from Russia. What are we going to fear from Russia? Except for one thing. You keep messing with her, she's going to retaliate and she's going to hit you hard. We have never had any thermonuclear bombs going off in any major population center. Washington, D.C., California, Detroit. Chicago, look at the maps, the thermonuclear maps that they've already printed out. And look at the circumference of a direct center hit. Look whether it would have, it would vaporize people out almost 100 miles from those hits. It just melt. Maybe that's what Americans need to experience. I don't know. You think so? Well, I, I don't think we need something extremely severe. 
but I think we need something to show that this this could be your life if you want this, and just show that yeah, something that, that is uh, is on the border of of destruction. You got all these people in the country. You're gonna to have to reenact the salute, the, the Fugitive Slave Act. Then you got idiots like that Brandon up there in Chicago is telling uh, citizens to hoard these people up in your house. Well, they're illegal. That there is a is, is a violation itself. You're gonna to have That's to deputize Americans to go out and hunt these folks down. Mm-hmm. And then by the time you find them, they don't have two or three or half a dozen babies. The women coming across the border, you don't know if they're pregnant or not. How are you going to tell if they're pregnant? Look at them. They got court dates. Some of them I've heard out eight years. Hell, a whole lot of things can happen in eight years. That's ridiculous. That is totally ridiculous. Yeah, a lot of things could happen one day to the next. They don't show up to court days. If they have ankle braces on, they cut them off, and they gone. Mm-hmm. Look at that ignorant program that Obama had. Any illegal in the country, 100 miles plus one inch, all active pursuit ends on them. Leave them alone. And whoever heard of refugees marching 1,200 miles to go into a particular country, you suppose, to go, look, if my house is on fire, I'm not going down to my cousin, up to my cousins up in Detroit. I'm going next door or to the Salvation Army there in the same town. Hey, but at least they didn't have to cross an ocean. What about these people coming from Turkey and, and Pakistan and, and China? Hell, they coming from the Congo. Right. You know where the Congo is to the oh, coastline? They pass through right. four or five countries. And then here's the other thing. You don't know what these people got. See, here's the thing about disease proof, and I know you know it. Diseases don't go away. They just go dormant. You ever seen a dried up creek, a dried up pond? When it rains and the water come back, well, what comes along with it? The frogs. They come up out of the ground. They've been laying there dormant. So those diseases do the same thing. They got diseases we don't see here in this geographical area. When you come through U.S. Customs, one of the questions they ask you to fill out on that blue and white sheet, have you been around animals? Why is that? Because they don't want you to be bringing in diseases that can upset our poultry, upset our cattle, even the agriculture. Then you look at these these, these migrants on these cattle trains. They own cattle trains, cattle trains that had animals on it. So that stuff is on their body, on their clothes. You come to U.S. ports. And you say you have, they hustle you off to a room, take your clothes off, and wash them and sanitize you. I remember on international flights coming back to the United States, 
just before you got rid of the land there in New York, the stewardess would walk up and down the aisles and releasing the contents of aerosol cans at the vent. They were sanitizing you. The man spitting truth. So this is the biggest, and people around the world got to be laughing. They have to be laughing. And see, the states don't do what they say. States can control the federal government. That's why I come out, I volunteer for, for Article 5. They could tell the federal government, we ain't going to do it. And especially the courts, they could tell the courts, we not going to do it. Courts don't make laws. What they going to do? Courts don't have no army. You got courts here, and, and uh, you got court cases coming up on redistricting, and they talking about creating black districts. That's discrimination. You mean to tell me that blacks got to be courted off in this one district? Suppose they want to move. They don't want to live there. They don't want to be there. Just think, they're, they're so loving and liberal that they want segregation back. And nobody says nothing. Nobody says nothing. People should be jumping up and down in arms. Hey, they're going to have jobs in LGP, uh, liquefied gas, liquefied natural gas plants in southwest mm-hmm. Louisiana, southeast Texas, up around Beaumont, Texas. They're building cities. Uh, Bechtel said they is going to need like 125,000 construction workers. Those should be American jobs, not bringing people out of the southern hemisphere. No, they should be American jobs. What Biden should do is have a meeting with the Associated General Contractors and labor unions and say, we're going to need these trades people to satisfy this employment need. And they can provide it. The unionized trades, they earning money. They're paying into their pension and retirement. It helps those who are already retired, who don't spend decades working at the trades in cold weather, hot weather, blood, sweat, and tears. So what are we going to do? Give these jobs to foreigners? What is that going to do for Americans? Leave us more homeless. The economy will go to shit. And and once again, like you know, proof said earlier, it's, you know they would rather rule in rubble than let everybody have prime rib dinners because that one percent would still be, you know, that one percent would still be the one percent. Well, that one percent should be brought in and put on trial for selling out the United States. Yeah, personally, I think that's treason. Hell yeah, it's treason. By any other color or name, it's treason. It's selling out the country. And all that nonsense and all these damn 
bleeding heart liberal excuses that you're going to hear, tell them to go to hell. Hell, if you want to feed these people, let the churches feed them. Why you want to always go dipping into taxpayers' pockets? Go feed them where they come from. Look at the money that we give in aid to those countries. We give that money in order for them to alleviate the concerns they say they have. And you know another thing, those southern hemisphere countries belong to an organization which is tantamount to their United Nations. That's the Organization of American States. It's a conglomerate of countries. So why come they're not addressing the terror that they're experiencing from cartels and gangs? I don't think that's true anyway. You can look at YouTube flicks of Christmas scene, sidewalk cafes, parades of the high school. Don't look like they're being terrorized to me. So I don't know what to say. Like I say one thing, it don't look good. If Trump got 200 million votes, Biden would get 200 million plus one. These people are right. cheaters. They, they're anxious. They know that their time is up. But anyway, that's what I had to say. Oh, I agree. That's why I was like it when you call in, Bianchi. You speak the truth, man. <laughs> and it's, you're not wrong. Trust me. It's, so there's a lot of people out there that, that you know, you speak for, so to speak, because you're not afraid to speak the truth on on this situation. So. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you, Kimo. We're expecting snow tomorrow morning here. Ah, we've already got snow plows running out up and down the street right now. <laughs> oh, I believe it. It was nice. It was early morning. It was blue skies, everything else, and then come the afternoon, all of a sudden the snow started coming in. Yeah, it's been a while since Vegas had snow, huh? Well, we had it last year. I remember I was in the hospital, and getting out of the hospital, we, uh, you know how the mountains are on the west, and not Mount Charleston, but the the west side of Vegas. Well, I mean, all sides have mountains, but the I was at Mountain View Hospital, and you look down Cheyenne Road, and it's uh, it's just all snow. And the fun of the Southern Sierras. Yeah. Yeah, I live the eastern side of the Rockies, and, you know, it's kind of always interesting to look at the west and these days and see all the mountains that surround us. And lately it's, you know, a lot of snow, but... And see, the last time I remembered, you know, other, you know, the being there anyway, uh, the only time I remember having snow in Vegas was the year, uh, well, almost the year I left. So it had to be like 2010. 
Wow. Did Deontay leave us already? I don't know. I think so. All right. Yeah, he left. All right. He was just a little slow in getting out, but he's uh, he's gone. See, I like it when Bianchi calls in because he's got a lot, you know, he's probably a little older than I am, I believe. And he's got the knowledge. Yeah, I never did either. I just think from vocally, voice-wise, it seems that he's got the age and wisdom and experience that, you know, a lot of us do. Because he's seen the history that's gone on since from his childhood to now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, I'm surprised my voice has held out this long tonight. Yeah, I've uh, I've had a couple of uh, concussions since the last time you and I talked. In the last month? Wow. Yeah, I have a puppy. Uh, well, she's uh, just over a year now, and she's banged my head uh, as hard as she could. Not, not by not on purpose, but I've got knocked upside the head and knocked down and thrown up and all that stuff every so often, and I've had a headache for about a month. Wow. That's not a puppy. That's a small commercial vehicle. <laughs> no, that's true. Yeah, because she could get excited when – when I get off my show and open the door and I go down the hallway and, and she comes running and she's so happy to see me that it looks like she's a defensive tackle for the Rams. Yeah. It's like, oh, look, I get to see Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh, boy, T.J. Watt lives in your house. <laughs> Basically, yeah. That, that's uh, So it's not her fault necessarily, but, yeah, it was, uh, I have uh, – I don't know if I've told you about Chewbacca. I have a uh, a German Shepherd Chow Mix dog that's like eight, petting them both at the same time. And uh, and this uh, and Audrey the Doberman just bolted up uh, as hard as she could and just banged me when I was sitting there petting them both. And uh, yeah, I'm throwing up and all that stuff. It just it's not cool. You need a riot gear just to pet your dogs. <laughs> yeah. So I, I actually found uh, Arnica oil. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Arnica, A-R-N-I-C-A. So I've been yeah. taking this off and on, and it works. I don't want to take it every single day, uh, but uh, there are days when the head hurts a lot more than the than another. So when uh, when it's on a a out of 10 if i'm like at a four or higher i'll i'll take some of that and it knocks it down said anymore it's bad enough i hate pain pills as it is but yeah. you know ibuprofen has been my best friend lately i mean not necessarily a pain pill but mm-hmm. 
you know, still it's like ever since ever since I've been, you know, in the last like five, six weeks, uh, basically since Thanksgiving weekend when this happened, when this started happening with me, you know, physically. Yeah. It's like I must have gone through like a bottle and a half ibuprofen already. And I'm waiting to see. Thank God for cranberry juice. I was waiting to see what my kidneys look like. Yeah, I bought some of that recently so I can start putting some of my vitamins back in that. Yeah, luckily this next weekend I'm supposed to go to the Springs anyway and just just alone just so I can get my cranberry pills because they seem to work quite a bit. I I don't know if you've ever seen a website called VitaCost. I use them. That I've seen them. I just haven't checked them out because usually I don't like trying to order things online. I order things online as minimum as possible. Well, I use it. So uh, there's uh, if you if you download the Rakuten app, which I can give you a link for if you like. And uh, I need to cut a commercial for this. I've just been slow. But if you, uh, as a new signee, if I, if you register under me, we both get $30. And so you get your 30 when you spend 30 So it's like your first $30 that they'll reimburse you. And not only that, but there's, there's promo codes. So uh, you might get, not promo codes, I should say cash back, like, I just got uh, an email from Rakuten today for VitaCost that I will get 15% cash back from them. And then there's also, uh, there's a promo code where I can get 10% off my order immediately. And then then you get the 15% cash back. So I will gladly go ahead and take 25% back. Definitely send me the link to, after the show. Go ahead and send me the link for Rakuten and stuff. I'll do that. That's for sure. Yeah, any you know me. Anytime I can, uh, I can put a few pennies together. I use Upside. I use a bunch of stuff. I need to supplement my income. Yeah. Don't we all these days? So with the. Uh, the upside, I use that for uh, whenever we go out to eat, and you might get like 10% back or 8% or 18 or whatever. And then I, we use that for our going out of town money. So uh, where we're planning a vacation in a couple months, and that'll be a couple tanks of gas. Hey, a couple tanks of gas ain't cheap these days, so. Right. I mean, I always wondered where, where where does someone go when they live in Vegas? Where does someone go to vacation? <laughs> oh, St. George. Other than getting the hell out of Vegas, huh? We go to St. George. Close enough. I would again, you know, back in the day, anytime, you know, when. You guys would sit there and tell me, you know, what's up? And it's like, I'm going on vacation for a week or so. I used to go to Mount Charleston all the time. Oh. Uh, 
to me, even though it was like, you know, 40 minutes outside of Vegas, well, less as far as Vegas is growing more and more these days. But, you know, back in the day, it was like a 40-minute drive to get up, you know, to the, you know, to the cabin. And, you know, it felt like, you know, miles. It felt like, you know, on, on the other side of the planet pretty much. Yeah, well, you can go you can go play in snow in Mount Charleston, and an hour later you could be at Lake Mead. Exactly, water skiing at Lake Mead or jet skiing, or or uh, or taking some dead bodies out of Lake Mead. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say that one too. <laughs> hey, it tripped me out a couple. It tripped me out a couple years ago when. You know, like uh, when Lake Mead was really getting so bad, you know, all of a sudden there's boats that the mafia sank and, you know, other, you know, dead bodies and stuff that they, you know, put on blocks and stuff that all of a sudden they start surfacing. And I started laughing at that, not because of the tragedy of Lake Mead going, you know, pretty much desert. But to think of all the garbage and trash that has been dumped in Lake Mead and all of it was starting to surface. Mm-hmm. And see, right now, it's like if I wanted to go out and play in snow, I'd just go out my front door tonight. But the funny thing is, it's supposed to be in the 40s tomorrow, and I guarantee by the afternoon, most of the snow in our area is just going to be mud. Mm. I believe it. Yeah, our area is a little weird. It's high enough that it snows in the wintertime. But the moment anything breaks out from 38 degrees to like 45 degrees, all of a sudden it just melts. And then technically 10 miles from here, you know, for what little, you know, we might get like three or four inches of snow. And then 10 miles, just literally 10 miles from here, it's like three to four feet of snow. Hmm. So do you have anything else you want to play for the next half hour? Um. Yeah, I need to look at that. I was I just got you that racket tan link. Okay. So something to look at while I play here. Uh I do want to uh there's a Tucker Carlson clip. No, that's last year, sorry. I, I'm looking at one eleven. I need to put twenty four on that. All right, let me yeah. refresh my switchboard. I have a couple of clips that are ready to go. All right. Grab them. I just had to refresh my screen, but we are we're good now. So I'll play the Vivek one, then I'll close with Russell Brand. Cool. Gives me a chance to rest my voice a little bit before we close. (laughs) I want you to suck it. 
Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Benny. The biggest problem that I have with the Republican Party is that they don't reflect their voters. The Republican Party that I meet in the street, the Republican Party that I meet when I'm out to dinner with my family and people come up and talk, the Republican Party that I see when I go give a speech or when I'm just reading the comments on this channel, uh, are the type of people that actually wish to save this place, that have fundamental moral values, that have truly, strongly held beliefs, and who want to see the lies called out, who want to be apologized to by the corporate press and by the Democrat Party for the lies that they have told us. Lies about COVID. Lies about Russian disinformation. Lies about Hunter Biden's laptop. All to protect their true masters who are the elites and the powerful. All the people on Jeffrey Epstein's planes, right? And there's only one candidate that is regularly and effusively going to the faces of reporters and pushing it back into their face. Flipping the script and making them choke on their own words. And ladies and gentlemen, there is this clip out today that is breaking, like right now, we just posted it, of Vivek Ramaswamy. Uh, we just posted it like a few minutes ago. It's absolutely going thermonuclear. It's 2,000, 2000 uh, retweets in like a few minutes, uh, where he flips the script and he actually looks all these reporters in the eyes. He, these reporters follow him around, the gaggle of reporters follow him around everywhere, and he looks them in the eyes and he's like, is Hunter Biden's laptop real? Did you lie about Trump-Russia collusion? Did COVID leak from a lab? And the reaction from the reporters, it, I say in the tweet, it's silent. It's actually worse than silent. Get a load of this clip. It is totally worth the watch uh, to see exactly how much more you should hate our corporate media than you already do. You probably already dislike them. But, man, you don't dislike them enough. Watch. If this is okay, and uh, I'm just kind of curious on the, the previous question that you yeah. those four things that were provably false. Yes. were in the and I'm just kind of curious. I know some of these guys who've been following some of you guys. I'm curious if there's any national media who actually believes that they were that those that those were. Actually, it's a good question, Eddie. So Eddie's a, one of the you guys are colleagues, colleagues, two of the top state reps here, and I think that that's a good it's a good thing to be curious about. Just by by show of hands, who here is willing to admit? that the Trump-Russia collusion hoax was indeed incorrectly reported by the mainstream media. Is there anybody here able to admit that that was incorrect reporting? It wouldn't be really appropriate for us to use question. Why not? Why would that be inappropriate? I think it would be inappropriate. What's inappropriate is lying to the public. We're, we're doing our job asking these questions. The public lies to or did the, did the media report on this set of facts that was provided? So, I, so that's, that's a fair question. I actually think that the public was lied to long after the media systematically still understood that this was the product of the Steele dossier. The Steele dossier was a piece of Russian disinformation provided by the Hillary Clinton campaign that was served up to the federal government as a basis for issuing a FISA warrant to then potentially infiltrate a member of the opposition party. If this was Bush and Cheney doing it to John Kerry, this would have been the stuff of scandal, impeachment and worse. And yet, I think it was an intentional lie that the media said that that account, which we now know to be true, was actually the Russian disinformation. Now, Shauna, I would be charitable in my interpretation of that if it were just one instance. Let, let me give an easier one, just by show of hands. Does anybody believe the media's reporting about the origin of COVID-19 ran flatly in face of the facts? that you have a Wuhan Institute of Virology that was now the likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
you all said that it wasn't for a long time. By show of hands, was the Wuhan lab the likely origin of the COVID-19 pandemic? Everybody, media or not? So, so you have reported, the same media that has reported that the COVID-19 pandemic did not originate in a lab in Wuhan is willing to even say, unwilling to admit today. Before it came out in 2023. So it was known that there was a Wuhan Institute of Virology where they were conducting gain-of-function research, the very city which was the origin of a global pandemic, and yet the media's explanation was that somehow it could have been any source other than actually having started in the lab. I just think that that's systematic, systematically unacceptable. The Hunter Biden laptop. Is the Hunter Biden laptop story, as reported by the New York Post, which was shut down, had the Twitter account locked, for anybody who is even sharing the story of the Hunter Biden laptop found on the eve of the last election, the media reported that it was Russian disinformation on the eve of that election. Does anyone here agree that the Hunter Biden laptop story, as reported by the New York Post, was indeed accurately reported and was not Russian disinformation, but was in fact a factually owned laptop of Hunter Biden? I mean, you, you got to, man. I mean, you, your paper reported it. <laughs> and does, anybody, does everybody else seriously not believe that? I mean, I believe so, that Hunter Biden is clearly rooting Giuliani over the laptop, so I don't think that's true. So, so you don't believe, so you think that it actually was the product of Russian disinformation, as was reported by the media, that was the basis for suppressing this at the time? For the Hunter Biden case, yeah. I'm not sure why we're talking about that. Because it was election interference on the eve of the last election. And I think there's the same kind of election interference happening this time around. And I think it's happening, the early waves of it, with respect to the treatment of my candidacy. And I think that that is likely to be a major problem heading into the next year, unless we're able to open and openly and transparently acknowledge the mistakes of the past. Without acknowledging the mistakes of the past, I think we are destined for an even more dangerous future. And I do not want to see a repeat of what happened in the 12 to 15 months leading up to January of 2021. I don't want to see that in this country. And I worry we're on a path to far worse than that until we have accountability 360 degrees for the mistakes that were made in that lead up. And the Hunter Biden laptop story and its suppression, Shauna, I do believe was a key part of the lead up to that. I think the suppression of the origin of COVID and the origin of the pandemic was a key part of the lead up to what happened in January of 2021. I think that the systematic suppression of speech in this country, even about debating the lockdowns, was a key part of what culminated in January 6, 2021. And as somebody who's looking to lead this country and hopefully, dare I say, reunite this country, I think it is critical, it is vital to the future of this country that we not repeat those same mistakes, and yet that's exactly what I'm seeing play out in slow motion, hiding in plain sight. And so it's my concern for this country that leads me to run for U.S. president. It's my concern for this country that causes me to raise what aren't some ancient issues to be swept under the rug. I think that history is relevant to what's happening today. Uh, this is certainly not the first time that Vivek has taken it directly to the press. Some of my favorites, ladies and gentlemen, lined up here. And again, this is just a, tr a, a page out of Donald Trump's playbook. Donald Trump modernized and revolutionized this before the Republican Party was just spooning the corporate media in bed together, uh, uh, tickling each other's ears. Mitt Romney, John McCain, George W. Bush, so humiliating, so embarrassing, so degrading. Now we're actually fighting back. It's really great to see. Watch. Swami, let me turn to you. Uh, please make your case. Why would you, uh, why should you be the nominee and not the former president? 
I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here, and I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We have a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. Do you think the Democrats, and we've got Christian Welker here, do you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you in the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Roberts, this is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with a Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Accountability. Let me turn to Governor, Governor Christie. Deliver a major surprise right. because many of our supporters are first time supporters. And I think we're going to frankly make a lot of the media's. I, I, all I'm saying, one, one more thing I would say I'm looking forward to is I want I want to have a conversation because the historical pattern with the media is lie, lie, lie again. When proven to have lied, hide from accountability. From the Hunter Biden laptop story to the origin of COVID to the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that never was, I'm still waiting for one honest anchor in the mainstream media to just look their own audience in the eye and say, hey, I apologize. We lied to you, we got it wrong, and we'll never have this happen again. I challenge your guy, Alex, who likes to write, you know, I would say clickbaity headlines to say at least you're from a new generation of leadership. Go ahead and step up and maybe you can do it. Or maybe, Catherine, I'd bet on you sooner to do it. But somebody needs to actually, from the next generation, heal that divide of trust between the media and the people. I'll look forward to having that conversation with the media with what happens on January 15th. It'll be a surprise. They'll try to sweep it under the rug, try to minimize the importance of Iowa, and try to do, set the same narrative they have been. And I think that we need to use every occasion we have to at least rebuild trust with the American public to say, here's the narrative we've set, here's where we were proven wrong, and here's where we own accountability. That's what I would say. Thank you. Thank you. Consider it. It'd be good for you. Condemn white supremacy and white nationalism. I mean, what this guy, who are you with? Which, which, Washington, Post. Washington Post. All right. So, <laughs> potato, potato. Okay. Of course, I condemn any form of vicious racial discrimination in this country. But I think that the presumption of your question is fundamentally based on a falsehood that that really is the main form of racial discrimination we see in this country today. Institutionalized racism is institutionalized racial discrimination that we see that doesn't come from somehow discriminating against people on the basis of some tenet of white supremacy. It's based on affirmative action. It's based on actually discriminating against people on the color of their skin in a way that's actually institutionalized today. Was there a point in our history, at points in our prior national history, where there have been vicious forms of anti-black or anti-brown discrimination throughout this country after the Civil War and otherwise? Yes. 
But you're looking in the rearview mirror and using that to pose a question today that is so far removed from what the reality is in America today. This myth of white supremacy, the closest you can find is Jussie Smollett, where you all were actually speaking of trust in the media, jumping up and down over some false narrative. The best way you're able to find your best instance of white supremacy was a guy who was actually paying his other fellow people to be actually staging something that didn't happen. And so stop picking on this farce of some figment that exists at some infinitesimally small fringe of the American public today to open our eyes to the actual real threats that we face. And I think that it's frankly questions and framings like that that has caused the American public to lose all trust in the mainstream media, I'm sorry to say, for good reason. I'm not, I'm not going to recite some catechism for you. I'm against vicious racial discrimination in this country. So I'm not pledging allegiance to your new religion of modern wokeism, which absolutely fits, fits the test. I'm not going to bend the knee to your religion. I'm sorry. I'm not asking you to bend the knee to mine, and I'm not going to bend the knee to yours. But do I condemn vicious racial discrimination? Yes, I do. Am I going to play your silly game of gotcha? No, I'm not. And frankly, this is why people have lost trust. And I know you're going to go print the headline tomorrow. I already know this. We already know how your game works. Vivek Ramaswamy refuses to condemn white supremacy because you asked a stupid question. The reality is I condemn vicious racial discrimination in this country, but the kind of vicious and systematic racial discrimination we see today is discrimination on the basis of race in a very different direction. You want to know what the best way is to end discrimination on the basis of race? Stop discriminating on the basis of race. Do that and we're going to move this country forward. And I don't care whether you're black or white or brown or anything in between. That's how we're going to unite this country. You people have been responsible for dividing this country to a breaking point, creating a projection of national division. I meet people from the south side of Chicago to meetings like this one of every shade of melanin, multiple from man to woman, doesn't make a difference, who are hungry for reviving unity in this country. And you, with your catechism that you try to get this politicians to whatever fake headline you're going to print on the basis of this conversation tomorrow, that's what's dividing this country for a break, to a breaking point. Shame on you. Look people in the eye and tell them what you've actually failed to tell them for the last five years. Own the accountability for your own failures as the media. That's how we rebuild trust in this country. And until then, I don't have a lot of patience to play the games. The legacy media and the government long suppressed stories about Epstein and his famous client list. Now that a few names are starting to come out, they're trying to pretend that there's nothing else to hide and certainly no deep state ties to the CIA and Mossad. But is it really as simple as just a Professor Stephen Hawking meme? Although that is weird. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom in 2024. Surely this is the year, not of resolution, but of revolution, of mutual awakening, where we're offered elections, but they have to mean something this year. This has to be the year where we do have some agency. And will we ever have agency when the deep state and the legacy media are able to puppet events in the mainstream to prevent us accessing legitimate truth? Even when you see swathes of stories about Epstein, usually presented somewhat humorously, or Bill Clinton with a wry wink, Stephen Hawking, extraordinary, some lists of Hollywood stars and people speculated upon. What is the significance of Epstein? Some people seem to think that it's odd that there's a fixation or fascination around Epstein, but it's pretty odd that this guy has all these powerful connections, Gates, the Clintons, Trump even, has had connections to many, many powerful figures and has been convicted of some pretty serious crimes and had very, very lenient sentences. So plainly, Epstein has power 
Uh, that's beyond the average billionaire fixer of sexual adventure. So let's get into the truth around Jeffrey Epstein. Is it possible that he was an operative for Mossad and the CIA? If not, then why was he treated in such an extraordinary way? And let's not forget, he did die in pretty mysterious circumstances as well. The Epstein documents were released today, making public the names of almost 200 people associated with disgraced financier Jeffrey Epstein. A court released the unredacted names that include some anticipated names like former President Bill Clinton, Prince Andrew, and limited brands founder Lex Wexner. Well, I've heard a lot more names than that. Listen to this from the article. The release of new court documents from a lawsuit related to Jeffrey Epstein provided little, if any, new fodder for conspiracy theorists who remain fixated on Mr. Epstein's dealings more than four years after his death, according to the New York Times. Yeah, just get over it. I mean, it's not like he was friends with Bill Gates and the Clintons and extremely powerful individuals whose names have plainly been redacted from this documentation. It's not like he got lenient sentences for paedophilia and then mysteriously died in his prison cell and all of the footage went missing and no one knows how he suddenly was able to end his own life. Yeah, stop thinking about it. Just get on with it. The New York Times can be relied on to tell you the truth. There's nothing to see here. Trust the legacy media. We haven't got no skin in the game. The more than 900 pages of materials previously deemed confidential includes references to familiar names. Former President Bill Clinton. Have you seen Bill Clinton? He was there like too many times really for there to have been nothing at all going on. And when he gets sort of asked about it, he looks a bit demonic. A little too reptilian for comfort, I'd say. In one, a woman who once worked for Epstein recalled he spoke to her about Clinton, saying Epstein told her one time, quote, that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. But which Clinton? A spokesman for Clinton referred NBC News to a prior statement from 2019 saying he had not spoken to Epstein in over a decade and was unaware of Epstein's crimes. When you see Hillary Clinton talking about like MAGA extremists and Trump, it's odd to consider that on some level she's thinking, hope people don't find out about Bill Clinton's mad trips to that island the whole time. It's weird, isn't it, that that all has to just sort of be held down. I'm just a normal politician. This is what's reality. There's nothing to see here. Please pay no more attention to Epstein's Island and his small clientele of loyal perverts. People, this is an issue that we as a town are strong enough to ignore. Let us give no more scrutiny to this bawdy house and its small clientele of loyal perverts. Other prominent names also littered throughout the documents, including the late pop star Michael Jackson and magician David Copperfield. Well, at least we know what happened to the body now. Somehow someone's gotten into this prison and killed Epstein without anybody knowing. Also, where the hell's the Statue of Liberty? Uh-huh. Cross me once, more fool you. Cross me twice. I'm making the Statue of Liberty. Sigrid McCauley, Dufresne's attorney, says her client supports the documents being made public, and they only begin to scratch the surface. We learn more each time about how this sophisticated trafficking operation happened for so many decades and how many people were involved. So I guess the legacy media is invested in saying that this is a salacious and outrageous sex story. It's about purient, erotic stuff, big stars. Sex crimes, indeed, if it involves non-consensual activity or underage girls, and that is, of course, an extraordinary story in itself. But what I'm truly interested in is what's happening at depth. How did Epstein have so much access to so many 
incredibly powerful people. I know the kind of spaces we exist in. A lot of you believe that part of the machinery of state and establishment power is the ability to blackmail and control powerful figures. People like Alex Jones and David Icke and various other people who have been much maligned and condemned as conspiracy theorists have long said that many people in positions of power have material that can be used against them and used to control them. Well, is the Epstein story a piece of that jigsaw that once again moves us from conspiracy theory to conspiracy fact? I mean, note that in the New York Times are pretty determined to go, oh, boring, oh, you're still going on about that guy who fixed boring old sex parties for the world's most powerful people. What is so intriguing about his paedophile island? I mean, in itself, it's pretty astonishing. But what's yet more astonishing is that he has ties to the CIA, plainly. The CIA do stuff like that. It's called honey trapping and honey potting. It's the kind of stuff that British secret services were doing in the country of Ireland for many years. And these kind of techniques are used, apparently, around the world to control and manipulate. And dirty tricks, style wars, these kind of things go on. And of course, there are people that are involved in it. And it seems to me, based on some of the sentences he received that Jeffrey Epstein had some friends in high places, but in the end, not enough friends and not high enough. Let's get into it. In fact, these documents offer new evidence and insight into how Epstein and Maxwell appear to be blackmailing powerful individuals, albeit to mysterious ends. Currently not revealed, currently still suppressed ends, you might contest. It's true that some of the information released had already come to light. Last April, for example, the Wall Street Journal reported that the current director of the Central Intelligence Agency, William Burns, had scheduled three meetings with Epstein in 2014. At the time, Burns was Deputy Secretary of State. Oh, it's just a former Deputy Secretary of State that's now the head of the CIA meeting with a guy who's got some sort of paedophile island who also meets with Bill Gates and Bill Gates. Oh, boring! In 2019, reporter Vicky Ward from the Daily Beast wrote a story about the Justice Department's 2007 non-prosecution agreement with Epstein. Where others might have gone to prison for similar crimes, Epstein made a deal with the US Attorney's Office and avoided federal prosecution. Under this agreement, Epstein avoided a potential life sentence and served only 13 months in a work release program. The same year, another of Epstein's victims alleged that he had cameras in his house to monitor people. That claim lent further credence to the theory that Epstein was collecting compromising material on influential figures. So would the CIA do something like that? Would the deep state do something like that? You just have to ask yourself, have the CIA and the FBI in recent years been shown to be whiter than white, reliable organisations that don't engage in scurrilous skullduggery and trickery. Well, that's not the case, is it? We know that the FBI organised criminal gangs so that they can then solve the crimes. You know, the CIA were involved in 9-11 in ways that seem pretty surprising and you get the sense it's just the tip of the iceberg, don't you? So it's quite possible that Jeffrey Epstein experienced the lenient sentencing that he did because he had relationships with people in positions of power. It's not an absurd conspiracy theory. I mean, when I was a kid, conspiracy theory meant things like Loch Ness Monster! It was like actual mad stuff. Like, come on, it's not monsters. It, like, came from fiction. Now, conspiracy theories are, do you think that powerful people are possibly organising scenarios and situations that are beneficial and allow them to control things? That's not conspiracy theory. Hey, do you think that the pandemic was handled in an unusual way that benefited certain interests and was punitive to other interests? Ooh, what's next? Loch Ness Monster, you tinfoil hat-wearing lunatic? No, like, I'm just looking at the share prices of Pfizer, just looking at all these people that used to work for the government or the FDA that are now working for Moderna. I don't know, it seems like there's some connection. Ooh, cuckoo, cuckoo. 
what's next? Jeffrey Epstein was filming that stuff to blackmail people. Oh, you're out of control. Why, if that were true, Jeffrey Epstein, he wouldn't be safe in prison, would he? But the newly unsealed documents include powerful new evidence that Epstein and Maxwell were deliberately blackmailing people. We can't bring you this fantastic, groundbreaking, revolutionary content in 2024 without the support of Yes You and our partners. And I know that some of you will be struggling with back taxes or unfold returns. The IRS is escalating collections. Did you know they've added 20,000 new agents and are sending over 5 million collection letters to kick off 2024? Have they not had enough of your money? How many wars do they want to have? In these challenging times, your best defense is Tax Network USA. They didn't ask me to do this, but I do this. That's how I show my solidarity with Tax Network USA. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. You know that's what they want to do. With over 14 years of experience, Tax Network USA have saved their clients, get ready for this, over $1 billion dollars in back taxes no matter the size of your tax issue their expertise is your advantage they specialize in negotiating with the irs aiming to significantly reduce your debt tax network usa doesn't just negotiate they also protect your assets from irs seizures and manage your yearly returns for ongoing compliance importantly they're licensed to help you with all state tax issues regardless of where you live in the u.s the clock is ticking i mean i know that's a tattoo but the clock is ticking don't wait as the irs steps up its game Seize control of your financial future right now. Get it. Grip it. Contact Tax Network USA for immediate relief and expert guidance. Oh, isn't that what a lovely sentence? Immediate relief and expert guidance. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit taxnetworkusa.com forward slash brand. Don't let tax issues overpower you. Turn to Tax Network USA and find your path to financial peace of mind. Okay. Just get back to fighting the damn power, though we were fighting the IRS there. While nobody has offered hard evidence that intelligence agencies, and in particular the CIA or Mossad, were directly involved in Epstein and Maxwell's blackmailing of public figures, many of the journalists who investigated the Epstein case have concluded that they were running what is known in the intelligence community as a honeypot or honey trap aimed at using sex to blackmail people. In her article, reporter Vicki Ward noted that President Donald Trump's Labor Secretary, Alexander Acosta, was the US attorney for South Florida who arranged the lenient sentence. He'd cut the non-prosecution deal with one of Epstein's attorneys because he'd been told to back off that Epstein was above his pay grade, wrote Ward. I was told Epstein belonged to intelligence and to leave it alone, Acosta said, according to Ward. It seems somewhat plausible. It doesn't seem ridiculous. When you look at some of the crimes he was convicted of and the subsequent sentences, it seems that he had relationships with people in the judiciary. Then you just have to ask yourself, do you think it's possible the judiciary are corruptible? Yeah, basically. Do you think that deep state agencies do things that are corrupt? Yeah. Do you think that the legacy media don't report on stories because they too have a shared interest in outcomes that are favourable to the interests I've just listed. Yeah, well, there's your conspiracy. Not really that fanciful at all, is it? It could be that Maxwell and intelligence had been blackmailing Epstein, or it could have been that the relationship between Epstein, the Maxwells, and intelligence agencies was one of mutual convenience. Jesse Cornbluth, a former friend of Epstein, said in 2019 that Epstein had told him in 1986 that he didn't just manage money for clients with mega fortunes, he was also a high-level bounty hunter. Sometimes he told me he worked for governments to recover money looted by African dictators. Other times those dictators hired him to help them hide their stolen money. In a sense, 
We begin to question when we have access to information like this. The narratives that are presented as ordinary right across history. It's commonly understood that during the colonial period and even late colonial period and even as recently as the 80s, the British got involved with former colonial territories messing with their governments. It's known that in the 60s all the way up to the 80s, your country, the United States of America, dabbled, interfered with elections in Latin and Central America, installed juntas, shut down elections, had favoured candidates, what we regard as accepted reality is precisely that, just a packaged together reality, often using the kind of techniques that we're getting a glimpse of here. The legacy media support narratives that are favourable to these establishment interests. The rest of us don't really have the time and until recently even the means to scrutinise them sufficiently. After Epstein's 2008 conviction, he continued to traffic young women. Bloody hell, he's just been sentenced for that. He's not learned a thing. And the 2008 conviction wasn't the first time Epstein got off easy. In the early 1990s, report Whitney Webb, she's coming up on the show soon, fantastic guest. Epstein was dropped from an investigation into one of the biggest pyramid schemes ever recorded, even though investigators had named him the mastermind. Don't worry about this Epstein guy. Sure, he was on the top of the pyramid, but only because he liked the feeling of sitting on it. The Wall Street Journal also reported that Epstein's private calendar showed that he had dozens of meetings with Catherine Rumler, a former White House counsel under President Barack Obama. These meetings and meetings with many other wealthy connected individuals occurred years after Epstein became a convicted sex offender. It's pretty extraordinary that he continued to have those kind of relationships with extremely powerful and influential individuals long after being convicted of such heinous crimes. Plainly he operated on a tier of society that isn't normal with access to devices and power that's way beyond the reach of ordinary people. That's obvious, isn't it? Let me know in the comments if you agree. Okay, put aside the case of Epstein, is sexual blackmail something that the CIA would typically or usually do? Let's have a look. The CIA has a long record of using sexual blackmail. In 1975, the Washington Post reported that for years, the CIA had operated love traps in New York City and San Francisco. You fell into my love trap, you son of a bitch. I know, and I loved it. Where foreign diplomats were lured by prostitutes in the pay of the CIA. The goal of this secret operation, the Post explained, was to entrap these diplomats. Through hidden one-way mirrors, CIA agents filmed the sexual adventures and later tried to blackmail the victims into becoming informants. The CIA also ran a sub-project of MKUltra called Operation Midnight Climax from 1955 to 1965. MKUltra, not long ago, used to have to be discussed in hushed terms. It itself was just regarded as a conspiracy theory. Now, it's an accepted operation that we all know took place. The problem of independent media, primarily for the establishment, is we can quickly normalise and spread information that is not harmful, toxic or dangerous, but is in fact truthful and therefore only harmful, toxic and dangerous to establishment narratives and those that hide behind them. That's why independent media is under continual attack. That's why new laws are being introduced to shut down the power of independent media. And that's why significant and influential independent media figures are themselves being attacked extraordinarily in ways that they legitimize and utilize themselves. It's just an astonishing web of hypocrisy and madness. This project, the San Francisco Chronicle reported, was a top secret mind control program in which CIA agents used hookers to lure unsuspecting Johns from North Beach bars to what they call the pad, then dosed the men with LSD and observed the x-ray goings on for a two-way mirror while sitting on portable toilets swilling martinis. You think that the CIA is some sort of corrupt organization? I'm simply sitting here in a lavatory enjoying a martini while that diplomat high on LSD has lurid sex with a hooker. And you're paying for it. Well, I'm paying for it, but can I get involved? Sir, you are a pervert. <laughs> can I get another olive in this? In addition to his possible ties to American intelligence, Epstein may have also been connected to the Israeli Mossad in 
Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, Howard and Cronin say that a friend of the Maxwells, Laura Goldman, believed that Ghislaine's father, Robert Maxwell, was a Mossad spy and that Ghislaine carried on his work. And a former Israeli spy, Ari Ben Menashe, said he was Robert Maxwell's handler and claimed to have introduced Epstein to Mossad. They were agents of the Israeli intelligence services, said Ben Menashe. Later on, Ghislaine got involved with Israeli intelligence together with him. I guess you just have to ask yourself, what is the morality of these agencies and the very fact as I always say, that there is clandestine information that we're not allowed access to. The very fact that someone like Julian Assange is in Belmarsh right now because he revealed information that we weren't supposed to get access to shows you how seriously they take that information, which in itself suggests that if we had access to that information, it would destabilise massively and even further our trust in these institutions. Of course it's not just, hey, if Putin had that information, he'd destroy us. A lot of it's like, what? They were sitting on toilets, swilling martini, all these people are agents. You're letting people get away with sex crimes simply because they're involved with very powerful politicians. I don't want anything to do with this. I want to run my own community. I don't want any more to do with your mad, corrupt, centralised gangsterism. That's what it is, isn't it? It's plainly, I would say, true. I would say this is true. Let me know in the comments and chat. And also, the tip of the iceberg. Whitney Webb, in her book, says Ben Menashe told her the same thing. Israel's higher-ups approved of Epstein based on Maxwell's word. Webb reports that Ben Menashe said one of those higher-ups was Ehud Barak, who was head of Israeli military intelligence between 1983 and 1985, the period when he met Epstein. Barack was Prime Minister from 1999 to 2001. Last year, the Wall Street Journal reported that Epstein's calendars showed that between 2013 and 2017, Epstein had or planned 36 meetings with Barack. So it is really interesting and fascinating that there's this island and all of this salaciousness and sex crime involving really powerful, famous people and movie stars and politicians. But I do believe that's a smokescreen and set dressing. The truth behind it is that Epstein is like a visible tip of the iceberg of nets of incomparable corruption. It's one of those threads that if you pull it will lead to some really significant and powerful figures. It's only the fact that Bill Clinton's a few presidents ago now and receding into irrelevance that we're allowed access to that name. What we'll be given, I predict, is we'll be given a few sort of stooges and a few sacrifices because the truth is, is that this behaviour and comparable behaviour still goes on. Of course it does. Corruption still continues. The deep state is still involved in nefarious activity. The legacy media is still deceit fully conceal information that's convenient to them, don't report on important information, create stories, furores and storms where convenient. All of the instruments of this type of corruption are still available. They didn't die with Jeffrey Epstein and we still don't know really, do we, how and why Jeffrey Epstein died. Well, we do know why, just not how. The totality of evidence suggests that Epstein may have been an intelligence asset for multiple countries. This theory is also supported by an effective media blackout on Epstein's abuse for over a decade until Epstein's 2019 conviction. On a hot mic, ABC News anchor Amy Roback claimed that she had the story in 2016, but the network killed it due, at least in part, to pressure from the royal family. It was unbelievable what we had, said Roback. We had everything. I've had the story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. We would not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. It was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I tried for three years to get it on to no avail and now it's all coming out and it's like these new revelations and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh my God, we, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. So it was crushed. This information was available in 2016. Now remember, when people talk about the extraordinary conspiracy theories about dominant families and powerful connections and paedophiles and extraordinary occultist type activity, 
city, it is regarded as just outrageous and ludicrous by the majority of people. But when a story like this breaks, you begin to get a sense that there is more to global power than meets the eye. That there are connections and relationships and deep state operations that undergird some of the even more baroque global conspiracy theories. Wouldn't you agree that something like this and the way that it's been repressed until now and the way that it's been reported on quite carefully even now is an indication that once again conspiracy theories were closer to the truth than legacy media. Similarly, Ward, who wrote the piece for Daily Beast about Epstein's not With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.